I've been on an idea man streak lately. Yeah, yeah. Recently, I dumped you my um, unmistakable slogan mm-hmm. for Stakeums to bring them back. Mm-hmm. I've had a bunch of fun things going on. I thought of another one that we need here because the Cracker Barrel right. is a chain that I kind of wonder if it's going to keep on keeping on after the boomers and stuff die off. That's a good question. Is yeah. our generation going to keep Cracker Barrel alive? Right. I think no, unless they go with maybe a cool new slogan. Okay, let's right? hear it. Because I think that their food, their atmosphere, uh-huh. it has a very kind of addictive quality to it. It does, yeah. I think the new sh- thing should be, I'm hooked on crack. <laughs> right? So you show like Granny on the porch and the, you know, on, on the swing or whatever. Uh-huh. She's like, I'm addicted to crack. Yeah. <laughs> and then a guy turns around sitting at the bar and he's like, I'm a real crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. To tell you that people love the food down at the Cracker Barrel. They're crackheads. It it does seem like the type of thing that if you were to, I mean, like, if you were to find, say, like a 70-year-old Meemaw, you could trick her into saying it. Yeah. But you could also, I mean, we live in the South. We do. We've seen meth heads. Plenty of them. They tend to look 70. That's true. I guarantee you could get them to say, I'm a crackhead. (laughs) Like you just be like, for listen, yeah, just, <laughs> listen. Just say I'm a crackhead sitting in front of this Cracker Barrel, and they're like, okay, cool. Yeah, play this large checker set and say, not a problem. I'm hooked on crack. <laughs> All right, now get the fuck out. I mean, in a world where like those fucking Quiznos monster things actually worked, yeah, this could happen. It could work. <laughs> it could work. People could be driving through the South, being like, let's stop for some crack. Yeah, I'm hooked on it. This stuff is addictive. I'm an idea, man. Cracker Barrel hit us up. Trademark dead and lovely. We got dibs on this one first, man. We got dibs. You heard it here first. Here on the newest installment of Dead (laughs) and Lovely, the crack and horror movie lovingest. Crack and horror movie lovingest. Yeah, that's right. Podcast and um, the multiverse that is and the next one. (laughs) I'm not putting my thoughts together very well today, it's Steve. It's good, though. I mean, because it is true. We are the cracking horror movie yeah, loving us. Exactly. Put that on a shirt, <laughs> right? Why not? Somebody will buy That's that. So, that may have been Red Hot Chili Peppers album Yeah, title. actually, I'm pretty sure yeah. you're right. hippa doppa dippa cracking horror loving whatever. Yeah, that sounds about right. And uh, we're here today to be giving you guys a little ditty about that Jack t- and Diane. <laughs> Torrance, that is. That's right, Jack. And Danny <laughs> Torrance, that is. So you're on a chili dog. Outside of the place. Where's the shining? What's that called again? What's the place? I fucking Tasty forgot. Freeze. <laughs> no, Tasty Freeze. What? <laughs> what if that was the name of the hotel? The Tasty Freeze. Sucking on a rich man's dong in my little dog costume. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to like write a full Jack yeah, and Danny that, song, dude. That sounds great, We're gonna actually. We're going to need to do that. Yeah. We'll do it later after the episode. Yeah, sure. We're going to be talking about Dr. Sleep from, what, 2019, 2018? Oh, uh, yeah, 2019. Mm-hmm. Wow. Jesus Christ, man. Just came out like a couple months ago, feels like. I'm pretty huh? sure. Kay sent me a meme the other day that was like when you realize... It's like 122 days away from 2022, 2022, yeah. And you're still trying to figure out what happened in 2019, which mm. soon will be three years ago. Yeah. Because 2019 was crazy. 
2019 was crazy, and then it ended in, oh yeah, COVID. <laughs> and then 2020 was a wash entirely. Oh, yeah. And yeah. 2021 kind of has been, too. Yep, 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 <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Wild times. If you want to get straight onto the movie review, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. Right but you're going to miss us catching up, shooting the shit, drinking some cold beers yeah. and more, and I don't think you want to do that now, no. do you? The cold beer is the best part, honestly. Oh, cold beer code. Mm-hmm. We have such beers to co you. Here we are. Here we are, man. Here we are. How you been this week, man? Good. Yeah. Kicking it. Um, you know, nothing nothing ultra fancy. Just getting stuff done, working out, doing the thing. Doing that thing, man. Yeah. What kind of thing you been doing? Uh, you know, pick up a weight, put down a weight. Oh yeah? Yeah. They let you do that? <laughs> yeah. That well, sometimes they ask that you push it away from you. Get and away. then bring it right back. Go on, get, yeah. pull it on back. Yeah. Just teasing those weights is all that we're doing with <laughs> Been them. doing some of that. But also, yeah, just uh, getting ready for this. Watching some movies, though. Yeah. I've been watching, as I said, maybe three weeks ago, I've uh, been on that DC animated universe, and I kind of got through about 10 movies of that. There's 15 in the DC animated movie. Movies. They're like, uh, I think, 70 to 90 minutes. So it's That's not. a lot. It's not. It's not as, as daunting as you might think. It all kind of goes pretty quick. Uh, and I, ju- I just finished it with Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. And it was cool. It was great, just like whole Flashpoint uh, paradox thing going on throughout Ooh. for 15 movies. I enjoyed it. So I started checking out some of the other, other DC animated movies that are in no way related to the DC animated movie universe, even though they came out while that was all happening. That's crystal clear. Yep. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> so I checked out Batman Gotham by Gaslight, which is, it's set in 19th century America and based on Jack, the idea of Jack the Ripper coming to America after... This sounds fucking awesome. It is. And, yeah, and he comes to Gotham. And the Batman has to fight him? And the Batman has to fight him. Well, and the Catwoman's point, there as well. Negative 150 years old, I guess. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's enjoyable. I mean, that, That's kind of the thing about the DC stuff is that they, they do their own thing even amongst themselves. So yeah. like... This is an adaptation of a, like, what if type of thing. All right. So it's not saying Bruce Wayne actually was living back then. He's but a it's vampire. Like, what if? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I also watched Justice League Gods and Monsters and Batman's a vampire. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Say the fuck what? Yeah. That's it's awesome. A, basically a what if um, Superman's dad was Zod instead of Jor-El. And so he's darker. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, a, little a, little bit. Mo- a bit more... Uh, cavalier with killing people <laughs> and uh, batman is a different guy but he's still batman uh but he's also a vampire and they kill the fuck out of criminals Holy like shit. it's it's brutal it's it's cool though i enjoyed it i saw that they're doing like a what if uh marvel zombies thing for us too yeah have you seen any of the what I ifs watched any of it man okay they're i mean they're entertaining but That's they're not that. they're not great okay. um so far i mean the uh the one where what if um uh black panther was star lord oh. i liked that one pretty huh. well but the the writing on them is not amazing i would say okay but still we're the watch 
I also watched Batman versus uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which Dude. was fun as hell. Yeah, so somebody mentioned that on the Facebook group yep. recently, and I was like, Have I you? did not know this mm-hmm. fucking existed. It's, um, I mean, it's the, the ni- more recent Ninja Turtles version, so the, the turtles actually look different than each other. Which is cool. Okay. It's helpful. That works, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it was fun. It's you know uh, Batman and Damian Wayne and and uh, Batgirl and the Ninja Turtles versus Shredder and Batman's Rogues Gallery all together. Oh shit! It's, it's pretty rad. They probably I, got their hands full. They it was be fun. Ninja chopping and Judy chopping <laughs> about everybody. Absolutely, yes. Uh, fun, real fun. I enjoyed it. Word. Yep. So, uh, also been watching wrestling. You've been razzling a little bit here, yeah. have you? Yeah. Uh, AEW, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, awesome. I've heard. They had their all-out pay-per-view just recently, and it was so badass. Was like, it? Is it it was, awesome? It was awesome. Like, the the tag team cage match uh, between... Oh, shit. Dude. You had me at tag team cage match. Yeah. It is brutal as hell. It's so badass. Hell and yeah. just, like... Even if you don't know what's going on in the storyline, you're going to enjoy the match. But if you know what's going on in the storyline, it's a great payoff. Uh, the Young Bucks losing is just fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, it, overall, fucking just... I Almost every match was a 10 Damn, <laughs> in my dude. mind just because of entertainment value. Not like necessarily every one of them being the, the best matches I've ever seen. But it was just like, this is such a great pay-per-view and everything's working out like you want it to. And it's just, it's great. It sounds not like SummerSlam. Exactly. <laughs> That's that, cause like the more recent pay-per-views I've watched have been all WWE and it's just not, Mm-mm. it's not paying off. So nope. it was great. It paid off. Really enjoyed it. Uh, also, uh, Friday night we watched night beast. It's, I only know of this movie. I've never seen it. I don't know really anything about it, but I know that some people really like it. They do. It's it's silly. Are some people really crazy? Um, no, I think there's about 28 to 35 minutes of a good movie in there, or at least a fun movie, not a good movie. Uh, but it's like all front-loaded. So then it just like drops off for about 30 minutes and then picks up for the last 10 and it's just like oh eh, boring word we also watched ghoulies one and two on sunday night i've never seen the second one okay um you're not missing much okay well <laughs> shit it's unfortunate that you're not missing much it's not as weird as the first one that's too bad but it also does have a giant ghoulie that eats ghoulies so that's pretty <laughs> fucking ghoulie cool and ghoulie, you a say. ghoulie and ghoulie we yeah. gotta do ghoulies on the show we never done that have we we haven't Oh, yeah. dude! Yeah, we gotta do it. Gotta it's a weird one. I like. It's fucking strange, man. It's just like the amount of uh, satanic rituals in it. Yeah, just lots. There's lots. lots of them in there. And the fact that the ghoulies themselves aren't exactly the villains of no, the movie. They're uh-uh. just there. Yeah, they kind of just yeah. show up, have some fun. But yeah, it was fun. It, you know, it was uh, pre Labor Day. So nobody had work the next day, really. So we, we were able to just hang out and watch two movies. That was fun. Word, man. Anyway, Labor Day. Hooray. Hooray, Labor mm-hmm. Day. I'll drink a Kobe here to that. Yeah, let's drink a Kobe I want to drink day. a Kobe here because just the other day, I was just saying. Were you walking down the street? I was walking down the street uh-huh. singing, do I diddy, diddy dum diddy do. <laughs> and I said to myself, you know what I didn't have all last year in the year where fucking Halloween was canceled? What's I didn't that? have me no pumpkin beers. You know... I didn't either, and I think we've we've done pumpkin beer taste tests before, and 
I don't think we found a ton of pumpkin beers that we love. There's some that I like. There's some that some I like. that yeah. are like cloyingly sweet and stupid tasting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think we kind of OD'd on them a couple of years ago. Yeah. Like I remember probably about three to five years ago during the entire month of October, it's like the only beer you could get at the grocery store was shitty Oktoberfest and right. Martins and pumpkin beers. Yep. Many of which weren't very good. Yes. So I got kind of burnt out on them there for a little while. But there's one that has always been on my to-try list. People always suggest it. They always do. You mentioned pumpkin beer. Somebody says pumpkin is the best. Yep. By Southern Tier Brewing. Mm -hmm. And I just happened to pop into the casual pint out in West Knoxville while Kate and I were waiting on our Indian to-go food to be completed at Sitar. We were like, oh, let's let's go get a... Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. So good, dude. Let's get well, ourselves you know, a beer while we're here. And it they smells just happen, good. Does it? Mm-hmm. They happen to have some four packs of this stuff laying around. So I was like, well, by God, we got to try it. It's an 8.6. It's the yeah, Imperial it's Pumpkin Ale. It's, it it's, does smell nice. It smells nice. And it, it's it's like a clear. Quite clear. Like a, Amber. Like an orangish amber type mm-hmm. of color. Very pretty. I'm nice interested. Bit of effervescence and stuff mm-hmm. on here. Give it a little taste here. Hopefully it delivers because this just seems to be the one that everybody fucking goes nuts over. Gets good to you? Yeah. Okay. It tastes like pumpkin bread. Oh, it's yeah, good. it does. It's good. They did it. Yeah. This isn't too sweet. Exactly. It's not too sweet. It's not like all spice. Nope. It still tastes like a beer. Yeah. I was going to say, you can still taste the beerness there, because mm-hmm. that's the thing that we ran into with a lot of those pumpkin beers a couple of years ago. Is it's, it's just, just a like, bunch of spice covering up fuck. a bad beer. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just like they took a normal ass yeah, ale or something and added a mm-hmm. shit ton of cinnamon and clove and stuff to it. This still tastes like beer. Yeah, that's good. I think the booziness helps cut down on yeah. any like sugary things too. Yeah, that's that's a uh, that's a big old boy right there. It is. There's a very high likelihood that I'm gonna be fucking slippery <laughs> wet drunk by the end of this episode. This I barely keeps happening today. now because I, I I don't I don't really even eat until later in the day. So I've only had two protein shakes. Yeah. And you've, you've just been grazing I've all day. I've just been running like fucking crazy yeah. all day, working on a million things. So we'll be buzzed by the yeah. end of this. Yeah, I'll be like, Danny, <laughs> I'd like to have a drink with Danny. Wait, no, no, no. No, he doesn't drink. Come but on, I have Danny. a drink with him in the room with him, Danny. <laughs> oh, Danny boy. Oh, Danny boy. <laughs> Well, this is really good. Mm-hmm. I will definitely be drinking more of this yeah, stuff I like if that. I find it, man. I keep going back to it because uh, it, it really is actually very drinkable. It's very fucking mm-hmm. good, man. I've had myself one hell of a fucking busy week. My God, Yeah, man. let's hear about it. This past weekend, we had ourselves two Skankbanger shows. Yeah. Plus, I played a wedding show, one of them on the same day as a skank show. Ugh. Uh, it was fucking exhausting. Both of the skank shows busy. were three-hour, super late-night affairs. Yeah. And the big thing that's so fucking cool about those two Skankbanger shows that we had uh-huh. is we had a hero, a legend, join our midst. Yeah. Because um, last <laughs> Sunday, so like, you know, five days before the first gig, we had gigs Friday and Saturday. Uh-huh. Last Sunday, we got word from our bass player that he had tested positive for COVID. Yep. Now, he's totally fine. He's vaccinated because... Yep. Guess what? If you're vaccinated and you get COVID, probably not going to be bad. Not a big deal. Sure. So everything was working totally okay. He's like, well, I can't play the shows. I'm just going to stay right. home and stuff. Don't want to spread it. Yeah. So initially. Responsible. Uh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. a fucking smart person does. Initially, I was like, well, I can play bass for the Friday show, but the Saturday show, I don't know if I can make it or not because I had this wedding gig I was doing mm-hmm. earlier in the afternoon. So I was like, shit, we need to find a replacement bass player. 
So we called up my good buddy, Phil Sanifer. Mm-hmm. Philip, who I used to play in a rock band called Far, Far Away with, still very proud of that music. Also taught alongside him at the Guitar Vault for a decade plus. Just a really fucking dear friend and an awesome player and a guy who's taught me a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Called him up, and this fucking guy took the gig, had all of about three and a half days to prepare a three-hour set of Jesus. material. And he fucking killed it. He Fuck fucking yeah. did it, man. Awesome. And uh, also had time to create his stage persona yes buster cherry buster cherry buster I saw, cherry yeah, he posted that on facebook and i was like yeah that's so good fucking awesome. he he killed it man yeah honestly like it is so hard to find somebody that will jump in to a job like that and be like what th- two three hour shows that's intimidating we got three and a half days to do this yeah, yeah sure why not no rehearsal either zero rehearsals wow. has never played with us before mm-hmm. hadn't even really met half the guys in the band but he just jumped in and fucking kicked ass so, that's awesome Awesome. Huge thank you to Buster Cherry. Buster Cherry. Buster Cherry, you wow. fucking legend, man. <laughs> There's some good old times. It's good shenanigans at that show. I'm sure I'm forgetting some funny stuff I was going to tell you about. So if it hits me. Okay. Yeah, just let about. me know. So I've not really had time to do much fucking anything um, other than watch Freaky. You watched Freaky. Freaky. Mm-hmm. When did that come? It was like 2019, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was a couple years ago. Vince Vaughn mm-hmm. and... I forget her name. I forget her name. Yeah, she's in a couple things I've seen, and she's great. But it's kind of a spin on the Freaky Friday premise. Two yep. people switch bodies and stuff, only this time it's a teenage girl and a serial killer. <laughs> you watched it a while back, didn't you? Yeah, I watched, yeah, I watched it uh, whenever it first hit. I remember you saying banner. you thought it was fine. It was fine, yeah. It's funny. Yeah. In, in moments, and it's not... It's an entertaining movie. It's an entertaining yeah. movie, dude. This is one that, like, for the Halloween season, if you put it on in the middle of the day on a weekend or something like oh, that, yeah. you're not going to regret it. Not going to regret it. Not is at it all. Is it life-changing or anything yeah. like that? Of course not. No, but, I mean, if if you if you think Vince Vaughn's funny, he's funny in this. I do. But, yeah. If, uh, and I'm not even a huge Vince Vaughn fan, but I thought, he. I mean, he is good. I'm not complaining about Vince Vaughn. He's just not my type of humor most of the time but i think you did a great job being a teenage girl inside of a vince vaughn i was gonna say that was honestly the best part about it is seeing him channel like how would a teenage girl run across the street yeah only in vince vaughn's body instead there's some funny shit in there and dude the thing that i liked about it the most that surprised me is the kills are fucking they're great great Uh and gruesome yep holy shit man one of the first ones is like you see him like shove that wine bottle mm-hmm. like down that guy's Brutal throat as and, like, hell. distends his jaw and shit and yeah. then he punches him in the throat uh-huh. and the glass like shoots out of his neck yeah holy fuck man it's the thing about it watching it for me it was like yeah this isn't like a a great movie like it's not doing anything revolutionary but as a horror movie it's fucking fun as hell yeah and it it does the job like there i would never if somebody was like you want to watch freaky i wouldn't be like fuck that movie it'd just right. be like yeah yeah turn it why on why not man yeah. It kind of puts me in the same vibe as like Ready or Not. It's not as good as Ready not or Not as good as Ready or Not, but yes, I, I yes, but I would in agree saying with that. that it's like it's not necessarily scary, but there's right. nowhere else to put it other than horror right. because it's fucking gross and grisly. Uh huh. But it's still just mostly a comedy. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty fun, man. And the other day while we were having brunch after those skank shows, we just put on Elm Street One and Two in the background. Never a bad idea. No. I don't know if I want to keep watching through all of them because so we just recently <laughs> yeah. did what five, right? Yeah. And four, not too long before that. I might watch Dream Warriors. Watch Dream Warriors. Come yeah. on. And then That's just call a it a day one. after that. Yeah. Th- I mean, you but know, you how, how you Dream feel Warriors? about that one. I mean, if you watch Dream Warriors and like, I want more of that, then you watch four. If you don't want more of that, stop. Then you just stop. Or go to New Nightmare. Oh, yeah. That's def- I think that's definitely like 
That works. There's a continuity, one, two, three, new nightmare. It's totally yeah. fine if you do it that mm-hmm. way and just sort of imagine some of those shittier ones don't exist. Exactly. <laughs> it's okay to do it that way, man. Yeah, I've been really fucking slammed. Hopefully I have a little bit more free time this week because I've got a list of projects I need to attend to and music to write and all kinds of good stuff. Did you watch some UT Vols? No. Oh, okay. Was it any good? Oh, I mean, they won the game. I, I watched yeah! I watched a bunch of college football also this week because that's me. I did that. And, yeah. Um, it, okay, so I didn't really watch a lot last season because I was like, man, it's the middle of a pandemic. Like, y'all should not be playing football. And then watching now, it's like, man, it's the middle of a pandemic. Why are there 100,000 people God in this damn. stadium with no masks on? Uh, yeah, <laughs> considering it's worse now than it was a year ago when we were all yeah. like, don't leave the fucking yeah. house. But I also was like, listen, I'm going to watch fucking college football this season. God damn it. You're not taking it away from me. And then watching it I, the whole time, I was like, fuck, I'm going to watch those numbers dwindle. Oh, through yeah. the seat like it's gonna be fewer and fewer yeah, people I'm and sorry it's to say kind of it is. depressing in my head so it's like am i gonna watch college football this season i don't know no telling yeah. man no telling i'm just saying okay maybe they could lure more people in to watch some college ball uh-huh. if they really played into like let's say let's say the age range of these players and stuff right uh-huh. they're just out of high school and stuff like that sure. instead of college football they could market it as like barely legal football <laughs> right that's got a nice little spin to it who's not gonna tune in for that you're like oh how old are these boys out here now barely legal huh fresh out of high school are they yeah Woo! just showing 18 year olds take a helmet to helmet tackle oh have mercy B- barely legal. sweating up a storm yeah who trademark dead and lovely i'm yeah. gonna go ahead and trademark that one. i think just that's saying. a pretty good lead-in though to our preview palace today <laughs> yeah which is going to be entirely appropriate yes and not weird at all not everyone's gonna laugh at it and have fun <laughs> steve this movie that we're mm-hmm. talking about today dr msleeperm dr msleeperm you know what it features in it we see a lot of movies that have some dead dad excuse me dead dad oh uh-huh, you get a dead uh-huh or a dead mom yeah sometimes yeah uh-huh. less black metal i think dead dad is more black metal yeah dead dad black metal dead mom sad yeah it's yeah. more like in the morrissey range of stuff <laughs> i think you know <laughs> yeah um both of them is batman yeah either way yeah <laughs> so if you got morrissey <laughs> on a black metal song that's bat. oh my god that what, is batman what i'm saying is if we kill morrissey's dad he'll become batman that sounds right and still be racist yeah <laughs> yeah he sounds like another fucking rich guy that'll just go around beating poor people for stealing a loaf of bread actually and that's stuff like perfectly that. batman yeah perfectly morrissey <laughs> honestly <Jesus>. morrissey. <laughs> Fuck morrissey dude what a fucking prick yep well anyway this movie features <laughs> the rarely seen uh-huh dead kid uh-huh. oh my god they yep. kill the shit out of a child in this movie a, a, a couple of them one couple, two, very brutally and we have to watch it yeah it's very on screen when it happens yep. a lot of times they shy away from some kid killing in some movies but in this one it's just like you know what pop in and, and stay for a spell while we yeah. kill this kid on yeah. screen just watch and breathe mm. in his smoke and stuff and i'll tell you what man it was an inspiring performance absolutely you fucking nailed it yeah I was I like, mean, that poor kid, they're killing him for my uh-huh. entertainment. That kid must be dead. No he way he continues dead. to act. 
But I'll tell you what, man, it got me thinking about some of my mm-hmm. other. <laughs> I don't know if I can say this. My other favorite dead kids. <laughs> So, Steve, how about before we get into the movie, let's take an extremely risky step into the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace, (laughs) dead kid edition. (laughs) I'll tell you what, Steve. Uh There's some movies out there with some kids in them that are so dead. They're dead as hell. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. I want to go through and talk about some of these noteworthy dead let's kids. Let's hear about it. And just how fucking dead they really They're are. They're so dead. So um, recently on the show, we did the Blob remake from uh-huh. 1988. Yeah. And that movie kicks ass and Absolutely. it's awesome. But man, I'll tell you what. I was not anticipating them fucking melting that kid they, in the sewers. Yeah. they kid melted. dies melted in the sewer. In the sewer. Yeah. One of those like, will his family even ever know? I don't the know. The indignity. <laughs> <laughs> of being melted in a sewer? Dude, he went for it. Like, I'm g- assuming Shawnee Smith is going to be like, oh, he um tripped and fell and d- uh, hit his head? He had Maybe. a bad accident. Bad accident. De- definitely a, wasn't in a sewer. An allergic reaction to something in that new detergent. Yep, must sure. have been it. Must have been it, because he did not melt in a sewer. Look at his skin. <laughs> Just look at look it. At the allergic reaction. I'm telling you, he's pretty fucking dead. He's extremely. He's like bones, probably. I've seen deader though. Oh yeah, for sure. I've definitely seen deader kids. Uh-huh. Let's talk about maybe that kid that's dead as fuck in the witch. <laughs> the movie just kind of leads with, you know what, baby pate. Baby pate. Not only does that baby get Smear- snatched by that witch. Yeah, just mortared and pestled. Smeared all over a damn broomstick, <laughs> fly off that into the night. That kid's a goner. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. This is going to be the most skipped preview palace, yeah, for like, sure. And fast forward. Yeah. <laughs> but we had to lean into the dead kids, because otherwise, it's a sad fucking movie, the Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about dead kids and yeah. joke around about it instead. Yeah. The Good witch. idea, man. The witch, though, I'll tell you this. Uh-huh. That kid's dead as shit. <laughs> but <laughs> but it didn't go to waste because it turned into that flying erntment. That's true. I mean, listen, that's a nice thing to find out. Using you the know? resource of a dead kid. It, you know, you hear like, oh, hey, you died. Oh, fuck, I died. Yeah, but you did help a witch to fly. Oh, oh okay. Sick, Fucking dude. awesome. Holy cow. Can I, like, donate my body? Can I donate my body to a witch instead of science? I would love to donate my body to a witch. Dude, where's the box for that on the back of our licenses? Um, I, I'm, I guarantee there's got to be a way to do this, right? <laughs> yeah, surely. There's some sort of religious right that allows me to fucking do this, yeah, right? I, absolutely. Oh, man. Let's get... Listen, let's... If it doesn't exist... Let this serve as our will and testimony. It serves as our will and testament that we would like to be donated to a witch or a witch coven. Yeah. Yeah. Let that thing fly. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. It's, it's kind of got me thinking, though. Think about how wasteful, like, let's say, the blob was. The blob killed that's that true. kid, left Well, it the, in the blob sewer. did kind of digest it and become bigger. So that's kind of like... Kinda a fuel I mean, there. You look at it from the blob's perspective, it was just like, I was just eating that's true. Yeah. Hmm. Meanwhile, there's just some downright fucking wasteful people out there. Oh, sure. 
Like, let's think about maybe some of them kids in that movie Mean Creek. Oh, man. Laugh right of a movie that oh, one. Oh, no. I'll tell you that, what. God oh. diggity damn. For one, that movie is a 20 out of 10. It's a great movie. Holy it's a, a wonderfully, gorgeously dark and disturbing Real movie. ass movie. Yeah. And that kid is deader than that hell. That kid is deader than hell, and you feel terrible. But they don't even use him to fly. They, You know, they're, they're trying to hide him. Kids, you shouldn't let kids kill other kids because they don't know what you can do with a dead kid. <laughs> right? That is the most wasteful version of child murder is oh. when it's another child murdering. Really wonder if we should be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did hobo or ho no last week yeah okay all right yeah yeah Yeah. it's probably fine it's yeah it's probably (laughs) fine and there's a time stamp to skip all this (laughs) so exactly you're okay man (laughs) and we have about nine more of these so (laughs) we'll just keep rolling with we've already got the momentum going anyway so let's just keep rolling through these dead kids i mean we could transition to hat hotties which was our other option that was the other (laughs) Other possibility yeah Yeah. people that look hot wearing hats (laughs) through history History, man i had a little list myself yeah me too we'll save that for a later day <laughs> yeah now okay i'll tell you this how do you feel about some kids what's dead as fuck mm-hmm. but they think they're living like hell i think the victorian kids little ones. victorian kids who are dead but think they're living i mean they keep giving back they play the piano they do mm-hmm. yeah uh, they show up to your seance mm-hmm. and draw you some nice stuff. They do some pictures. Put that on the Frigidaire. Exactly. So, I I mean, this seems to me like... Pretty good kids. I mean, yes, sure. Did their mother kill them in, like, you know, a uh, 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 fit of full-on, like, depression and, like, fear that they would always be stuck there, et cetera? Sure. Sure, yeah, of course. But, but that's her problem. These yeah, kids are having kids. a blast. They're having a good time, man. <laughs> They're not getting a little, little thing like fucking being killed slow them down. Absolutely I not. I admire them. Absolutely. The youthful optimism. These are good dead kids. I mean, look at that. the, the boy. Yeah. If he had been alive, no one would believe it any goddamn no, way. No, uh-uh, no. He's that, clearly a ghost. Yeah, 100%. That child kids. is a Victorian ghost. I guess they just hired an actor who is a Victorian ghost. I assume. <laughs> I hope he got fair wages for it, too. Me, too. Not fair Victorian wages, fair normal. They comp- got to update like, that shit. Current wages. Mm-hmm, that's <laughs> they right. just flipped him a hay penny. A <laughs> <laughs> hay penny, you say. For your troubles, son. And Go then down took to the it back. Store. They were like, actually... You kind of cost us money. We had to feed you, so, you know. Oh, cripes, I was going to go get a peppermint stick from the general store. Guess I'll just eat coal dust. (laughs) Goodbye, whorehound candy. (laughs) Whorehound candy's good. Is it? Yeah. I haven't had it, I don't think. That's real old-timey shit right there. Whorehound candy. Is it H-O-A-R? H-O-R-E. H-O... All right. Whorehound. Someone explain that to me. Preferably a Victorian dead child. It is a delicious candy, sir, <laughs> for I am dead. It tastes of molasses and chrysanthemums. <laughs> what? How Simple pleasures, man. Simple <laughs> pleasures. I'll tell you that. What do you think about some dead kids in that pet cemetery? They don't stop. They don't stop. Can't stop, won't stop, that gauge. Little gauge, man. Yeah. Oh, you want to come play? He's so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. He's that, not about to let being fucking deceased slow no. him down. He got hit by a dang old truck. Uh-huh. But he still wants to play with you. I, I mean, want to play with you, <laughs> he says. 
That dub over voice is pretty silly. He does sound like that, which is like, it's like, it's like, it's just like slightly off from Jar Jar Binks. It kind of is. Misa wants to play with you. No fair. Misa thinks no fair. He's pretty dead. I've seen deader. Oh, yeah, because he's still walking around and Here's the slicing thing, Achilles tendons. What I don't get is, I mean, he got hit by a truck. That kid should be fucking he should be a gel. just plastered across the pavement, not, like, bury him in a pet cemetery, and he's like, I'm cool. Yeah. I'm good. And when he comes back, he's got like, a little nick on his face and stuff like this. It's yeah. just like, kid, shouldn't you be, like, buddy? Shouldn't I mean, you be liquid? The way his dad yelled, no! no! You would think, like, just no that means no more kid there nothing is left (laughs) (laughs) not a scrap not a scrap of kid left kid left man (laughs) so dead he could have said very dead oh my god he's the deadest yeah deader than i ever imagined yeah but turns out not that dead yeah very intact yep just bury him in that pet cemetery. He'll come right back. I'm saying Gage didn't really put his back into being dead. <laughs> I'm just saying. He didn't. He could have tried harder. People don't want to work no more, Steve. <laughs> is that what it is? Corpses don't want to be corpses no more. They don't even want to get ground into a mush no more. <laughs> if zombies started, if like a zombie outbreak started, I guarantee that would be an avenue that Fox News would take. Yeah. People don't even want to die no more. <laughs> <laughs> ain't just America. Ain't just America. You're saying America like I grew up in. America I grew up in, people died and they stayed dead. They stayed in that dang old dirt. <laughs> and that good American dirt. The we got that good, good clay American dirt back dirt. here. Back here in the yard, we got good clay dirt. Got good clay dirt. Uh-huh. Keep you dead. Uh-huh. Keep you real dead. <laughs> you ain't crawling out of that. No, sir. No, sir. I'll tell you this. They make dirt too soft these days. You know when but- I was a kid, dirt was hard. <laughs> That actually should have been an element of the Walking Dead. They're in Georgia. Like, those corpses are under time. some fucking clay. Density. It's going to be hard as shit for them to get out of the That's grave. That's a good point, man. Yeah. That's a good point. I Which means only the, the strongest zombies get out. So maybe that was the point. Ooh. You're dealing all, with the worst of, of the worst. Other weaklings down there couldn't yeah. quite get out. <laughs> they didn't eat their damn zombie Wheaties, what they didn't do. Zombie Wheaties. Z-Wheaties, they're called. <laughs> Zweeties. Zweeties, they're known as. I'll tell you what, though, man. Let me hear it. Back in the day. Yeah. Whenever there was a witch that lived in the hills. Uh-huh, a hill witch. And she went to tripping balls on some mushrooms, and she fucking killed her baby. Maybe turn it into a soup. Maybe you just turn that thing into a soup. That's what you do if you're Hagazusa. I feel like once you become food, that's the deadest you can get. Because you're getting turned into poop next. Yeah. And then after that, what? That like, is a disgrace. Yeah, 100%. That baby has been disgraced yeah. by being turned into poop. She, uh, in that Hagazusa, she done killed her baby. Mm-hmm. She made a soup out of it. She should she have did. made a fucking Quiznos Hagazusa sub, as we talked about Exactly. The then she wouldn't have got sick. I'm just going to say, I mean, you know, does it suck that she did that? Of course. 100%. Of course it does. Yeah. But she did use it for sustenance. Uh-huh. And we used it to make some horrible jokes. Well, uh, so... I mean, worth it. Basically, uh, was did a crime even occur? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Kind of canceled it all out. Was anybody really to blame here? <laughs> we made the most out of the situation. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think this was a good, a good dead kid. 
Kid died real good. Yeah. What about that baby rig in that Dawn of the Dead? That thing's that, pretty fucking dead. That thing is so dead that it's undead. That's true. Like it done came back around. Ooh. Yeah. Full circle like. It never even tried to be alive, in fact. I'm not sure that it did, honestly. Yeah. It might have just been like, you know what? I'd rather just be a zombie. <laughs> and then it came out just biting. I think that baby seen that zombie coming at it is like, you know what? Seems fun. Bring it on. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. Come on with it. That's, that is how that baby talked. Make me like you. Those are cut scenes if y'all haven't seen them. There's some cut <laughs> scenes where the zombie baby and Dawn of the Dead remake talks, and it talked very country. It used that same dialogue that the dream child did in uh-huh. Elm Street 5, and it was like, she's boring. I want to learn stuff from you. I want to learn stuff from you. <laughs> what? <laughs> Actual dialogue. I want to learn stuff from you. What? And Mackay Pfeiffer was just like, what the fuck is this baby? I remember that was like the big thing about that movie everybody talked about. It was just like, there's yeah. a fucking zombie baby, yeah. like dead baby. It's brutal as hell, yeah. But this is also like hot on the heels of like our like senior year was like the year that everybody was making dead baby jokes. Like 2001, yeah. 2002-ish. And it's a James Gunn script, and James Gunn definitely has that sense of humor. He's one of them dead baby lovers. <laughs> He's one of them dead baby lovers. One of them, one of them Hollywood elite. Yeah. Dead baby jokes. I mean, that listen, was a big thing for a minute. It was a big thing. I mean, because that like, uh, there was that joke book that came out in the '80s that was just full of horrific jokes and it had like a huge dead baby section. Not in the '80s. Yeah, the whole '80s, and then like, yeah, they came back in the internet era. Yeah, where it was just like now we're repeating these dead baby jokes, and it's like the the entire idea was the shock of it, right? Sure, like. Most of them didn't have, like, a real humorous punchline. It was just like, fucking dead baby. And you're like, oh, shit, I didn't expect dead baby. <laughs> the first time, and then every other time you do. Yeah, exactly. And they're not really funny. Yeah. I never thought those were funny. I didn't either. They weren't, they never, but that whole joke book really did come back in the early to mid-2000s, and yeah. it just became, like, that. that's, like, the edge lord beginning if you like i was gonna like. say yeah. that was absolutely like edge lord shit starting yeah. in 2001 2002 <sighs> and i mean we were tired of it back then it's still happening that's true so let's talk more about dead babies <laughs> what do you know about somebody's girl who's my girl, girl? Oh. your girl my girl Macaulay Culkin so i've i've never fucking seen my girl oh. but i do know yeah. that there's some dead ass kid in there. Them yeah. bees get bad to a it's kid. It's real sad. Is it real sad? Real sad. How yeah. dead is the kid though? He's very dead. He's Extremely? like covered in bee stings type of dead. You like a hundred percent dead. Like yeah, like he's not coming back. I don't think. Goner. Yeah. Totally wiped out. Uh huh. Though when I was looking up my girl, I I looked up my girl bees because I couldn't remember if it was the first one or the second one. Uh And one of Google's suggestions was, why didn't Macaulay Culkin come back for my girl too? Oh, Jesus. And it was like, who the fuck is asking? Did you see my girl one? He dead. (laughs) He dead. He very dead. He very dead. My girl two should have been a zombie story. I'm just saying. (laughs) Apparently people wanted that. People want that, man. Give the people what they want, Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's one of those movies that, uh, you know, because Macaulay Culkin had become famous already from Home Alone, and he was like America's kid, and then there's this movie where he gets bee stung to death stung to death it was brutal but also i loved that movie as a kid yeah yeah because you're like man that kid 
is so dead it makes me feel alive. <laughs> that was it. That was specifically the part I loved. I feel so alive. Dead. I feel so alive because I'm not him in a casket. Yeah. He needs his glasses. Bless his heart. Yeah. Bless his heart, man. What do you know about a kid maybe that gets repeatedly run over <laughs> by a car? How dead would they be? Toxic Avenger. Listen. Listen, Toxic Avenger. Listen, Trauma. Listen, Trauma. I mean, you don't need to hear from me because you already think you're so funny, but I don't. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I know that we're going to do it. it on the show one yeah. day. Yeah, we are. For sure. I mean, it's it's a classic, and it's like the trauma classic, but yeah. it's also like, boy, a lot of it is just like daring you not to laugh totally. so that you'll be wrong somehow <laughs> like oh you didn't laugh at that huh, guess you didn't get my joke and I it's like your joke humor. was a child getting murdered <laughs> i don't get it your joke was a blind woman being uh, uh sexually assaulted in yeah. front of a cafe full of people it's I like i gonna say what like, is the joke a lot of that shit uh is definitely not aging well no. at all like some of the trauma stuff okay i'll put it this way there's some of the trauma stuff that makes me laugh, but uh -huh. usually it's not the things that I think are like intended to get big laughs. Right. Like yeah. I think in Toxic Avenger, I want to say the dog in it is like named Gary. <laughs> that is funny. And that cracks me up. Right. It's just like they named the dog Gary. Right. <laughs> Why? I mean, like, and that's what gets me. The premise of some of them, like uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes or Sergeant Kabuki Man and all that stuff, like. The premise of them will often be funny, but then the execution is like, well, the jokes are just bleh. Like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Tromeo and Juliet is one I need to rewatch because that was one I remember actually liking. Word. Uh, it's narrated by Lemmy. It's oh, yeah, it just is. a That's real right. gross version of Romeo and Juliet, but <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen it in so long that I can't say for sure. If it's not the exact same shit. <laughs> Does it got any kids getting run over a bunch of I times? don't remember a single kid getting run over by anybody. But th that scene in Toxic Avengers, seriously, it's just to me like, fuck. Like, I know we're supposed to get that these people doing it are real bad people. We already get that. <laughs> and now we're to the point where we're just watching them murder a child. And it's like, okay. Like, in this movie, Dr. Sleep, we see a very brutal scene of a child murder. Do we ever? And we see the revenge for that. Yeah. And that's great. In Toxic Avenger, that takes too long. And by the time it's happened, it's like they've done so much other and terrible shit. It's like, what's the revenge even for? It's just mm -hmm. the entire town is terrible people. Yeah. Just kill them all. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Toxic them. Avenger. Kill them all. Kill them all. <laughs> yeah. I want to bring up one that might be a controversial addition to all this right. list. Controversy. Yeah, some controversy, as uh -huh. it's known as. Because I don't really know if this person is a dead kid, a live kid, mm -hmm. uh, immortal kid of some kind, maybe a kid that's a, a, a kid in hell or right. something like this. But he's definitely a Cenobot kid. Oh, a Cenobot. One of them Cenobots uh -huh. who's done been raising hail in that hail razor. Uh -huh. I'm talking about when we get that reveal that the Chatterer yeah. is a kid. Is a kid. We find that out. is he a live kid? Or is he super dead? I mean, if we, I guess if we go by, if we go to part three and see that, you know, the pinheads soul or whatever is separated from his body body mm -hmm. then i guess the kid is dead i think also but, too who lives in hell live people or dead people 
And how bad was this kid? Because again, holy moly, what did he do? Yeah, like he was like a little kid who was like, I gotta get that box so I can get those demons to some angels to others. Holy to me, they're moly. angels. I mean, that kid. Grew I want up some S and M. Yeah, like, <laughs> dang man, that kid was an early bloomer. For real, he was into some advanced <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> Honestly, though, like considering that any kid can go on the internet and just see the most depraved ass shit yeah, right now, now, I know there's a lot of chatterers. Maybe the out chatterer there. was from the future. Listen, I'm just saying, <laughs> like anybody listening to the show that's got kids, your kid's probably the chatterer. Just your waiting. kid's probably the chatterer. Sorry, you're raising the chatterer right now. He would be happier if he had that that crispy KFC skin <laughs> and some clickety clackety teeth and no eyeballs. Why did it? I mean, like, what's the point of that? I don't know. I don't really get that. They made him adult bodied and then like burnt his face off or yeah. something. Like what? And clickety clackety teeth. Clickety clackety teeth. You know what? I bet in life. In life. <laughs> he was a child. <laughs> I bet he played naughty pranks on his teachers with those little wind up teeth. You remember oh, those things? Oh, that was it. He went from little wind up teeth in class yeah. to the fucking. <laughs> Outer realms of experience. Yes. <laughs> it's a natural progression, Steve. Chattering teeth are a gateway fucking drug into the most extreme pleasures known in hell. Wound up those chattering teeth in class and got in trouble, and he was like, fuck, what else is there out there? Ooh, this is getting good to me, he said. Damn, man. That kid is fucked up. Yeah, 100%. And he also loved fried chicken. He's like, what if I was fried chicken? <laughs> what if I had that chatterer skin? Yeah. Yeah. What if I was fried chicken? <laughs> I'd right. love myself, finally. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Quite a naughty boy, that he kid. He is very naughty. I don't know how dead he is. I mean, That's he's, true. Yeah, we're not, like, we're not sure as to how yeah. dead the chatterer is. Maybe we need a chatterer, like just a film about the chatterer. Yeah. I mean, I'd go for that, Even honestly. That side story. Yeah. I'm here for it. I really want to know how the kid... Be like, that just seems like the most fucked up kid. Like, is he Damien from the Omen type right. of kid? It might be like that. That'd be awesome, though. Yeah, it would. Right. It'd be really fucking cool. Yeah, kid might or might not be dead. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say, but I'll tell you who's dead as fuck. That fucking baby in train spotting. Oh, that man. Thing, God damn. Oy. Oh, man. Yikes a daisy. That thing is real dead. Real, real dead. Real, real not, dead, Not man. coming back. That's a scene that I know um, traumatized a lot of fucking people. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. You, I mean... That whole movie is just rough. Dude, it's been so long since I watched it. I've seen that movie one time. You didn't rush out to see the sequel? Oh, was there another one? There was. Was there really? Uh -huh. Did you see it? No. Did anybody? Uh, I don't remember it doing particularly well in the box office, no. Well, that's the thing. is like Considering the first movie, I don't really know exactly who's yeah. going to rush out to be like, yes, more. <laughs> I need to see more of this. Yeah, it's, it's like there's fucking Requiem for a Dream 2, Requiem Boogaloo. <laughs> like, how many people would be storming the box office to see ass that? Ass to ass to ass. <laughs> yeah, this what? time it's three asses instead. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Dead Kid and Trains. Jesus, just fucking brutal yeah yeah very fucking brutal man yeah um i'll also add one i just thought of is that that fucking kid and what's it under the skin oh yeah he's left on that beach mm. that kid's definitely super fucking dead yeah very very extremely dead. extremely very dead. very dead as is that kid that our homeboy 
uh, Haley Joel Osment yeah. sees in Cole that sixth Sear. sense. Cole Sear, that's uh-huh. the name. He sees that kid who's got a hole in his dang old noggin. He does. He sees a few dead kids, but that kid with the hole in his noggin, he's the deadest, the deadest I feel I like. Think. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the deadest of about all of them. <laughs> of all of the ones, yeah. You got Puke Girl. Uh-huh. Uh, you got, yeah, you got him. Bruce Willis, B-Dub. Yeah. D- there's like a kid, ha- one of the people hanging is a kid, isn't mm, just it? Just hanging yeah. out, yeah. man. Just hanging out. Yeah, but no, that, that kid who uh, says, you want to play with my dad's gun or whatever. Woo. And then turns around. He's got a giant hole in the back of his head. He's the deadest. Yeah. Do you think that kid that got caught up in the crossfire? Crossfire is definitely dead, right? He got like crossfire. Like, he like zoomed off into yeah. That I was gonna say he zoomed off like portal zone or whatever the fuck. I'm that was. yeah. I'm assuming the loser of every crossfire game is dead. Holy shit! I've never played it. Oh, it's fun. I bet. It's a good old game right I'm there. I'm assuming you've never lost. No, As you're sitting here alive As right I now. I am alive <laughs> and am not a Victorian ghost. Crossfire, you yeah, get killed like a fuck. What? Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn, dude. That was the original. They had to, they had to change it up because Crossfire they were like, hard. oh, this is for kids. Crossfire goes hard, man. The, yeah, I mean, I assume you could just angle those up a little bit. And just Kill the other guy? Like, shoot. Yeah, yeah probably so. Do they come out? pretty fast i mean i now i want to play crossfire so bad we need to get one we should just (laughs) we should have an entire youtube channel of us playing crossfire i mean maybe somebody that loves the show just fucking buys us crossfire i'm I'm just saying if you send us crossfire we'll play crossfire we'll play crossfire we'll make a youtube video that honestly that's something i was thinking about is like we could do some youtube videos and shit again since we're vaxxed and waxed yeah ready to relax Mm -hmm. we sure could Maybe we do that. Maybe we do. Let us know if you guys want to see more of that shit. More YouTube. I I have. I I was told very recently that uh, our makeup video is somebody's fave. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was really stoked on the one that we did with people telling their favorite scary movies. That was at our Halloween party. Yeah, that was fun. That was really fun. Yeah. But that was just. I was gonna say that 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 could happen again. I think that's gonna because there's a Halloween party coming up. There's gonna be drunk folk all over the place. Oh my god, man! I don't know if we can do those fucking beer tasting videos where we drank like oh him, god like i don't know if i could handle it anymore and do a podcast yeah god we did we so many that? podcasts way drunk yeah just starting at Ju- drunk. yeah we started out drunk then we were like oh this beer we're having is and it's like don't do it no, why you don't need to have more i, I want to go back in time and be like stop it yeah. You're hurting yourself. You gotta be in the gym six days a week because of this. Exactly. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. Slam the beer. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dead kids out there, Steve. There are. Whole lot of dead ones. Whole and lot. I'll tell you what, thanks for your service, kids. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for your service, dead kids and movies. And hopefully this takes the sting out of the movie we're talking about today, Doctor Sleep. That's got three dead kids in it. Holy moly. Were they going for a record here? I think they were. Holy I think moly. they were going for a record of the most uh, uh, brutal kid-killing movie, and they fucking kind of nailed it because it's, about it's the hard to watch. Yeah, it's hard to watch, and those—that's the problem—is that those. Uh, I mean, it's not a problem. Those scenes are to set up how bad the villains are, and they do it so fucking well that, like, it, I think it really does make you want those villains to get it worse. Yeah. Because most of them die from just getting shot. They do. Yeah. But it also puts you massively at odds with how hot they are. 
There's a yeah, a lot of attractive folk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot mm-hmm. of hotties. Yeah. Just hunks and foxes all over this flick. Yeah. Man. You kinda do want Rose the Hat to get away. Just yeah, like oh, I know. Please, no. Maybe you're okay. Maybe you're okay. The one who's doing the torturing she's of the just, children. Listen, she's just super, 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 super pro choice. That's yeah. her thing. <laughs> That's all I like a liberal woman. A married one. Right? Am I right? The more pro-choice, the better. Yeah. Real, real, real <laughs> pro-choice. That's yeah. the idea anyway. Okay, now just for starters, this movie, whenever it came out, we did a mini-sode on it, mm-hmm. which I fucking forgot that we did. Okay. And I haven't seen this movie since I thought, uh, saw it in theaters. Yeah, that was the last time I saw it. And this is, of course, the follow-up to The Shining, which yeah. is, as I've said millions of times, my fucking favorite yeah, it's up there ever. for me, too. It's in my top three favorite movies ever, period. Okay. I'm absolutely obsessed with The Shining. It's amazing. The book, the movie, all of it, mm-hmm. fucking hardcore. Check out our Shining Shining episode. itself, you do that all the time? Oh, yeah, man. I'm a Shining yeah. star, no mm-hmm. matter who I are. Mm-hmm. Shining bright to see. <laughs> Talking in your head. Yeah. Stuff like that. All that good stuff. Yeah, you know how it is. Uh, absolutely obsessed with The Shining. So whenever this movie came out, you know, I had bad premonitions. I was like, this okay. is probably not going to be any good at all. There's no way anything can follow up Stan Kubrick's mm-hmm. 1980 masterpiece, The Shining. Right. And uh, so I went into this with an open mind that was also full of intoxicants whenever yeah. we saw this. Mm-hmm. And I was pleasantly surprised. Okay. Like, I, I really Same. enjoyed this I mean, the first time yeah, that I saw it. If you go it. back and listen to the mini soap. We both enjoyed it. Both liked it, mm-hmm. man. So I was really excited to rewatch this and to see if it stood up to what I remembered about it. Yeah. Um, and again, that's it's just a fucking impossible task. You're talking mm-hmm. about one of the most famous horror movies of all time, which is based on one of the most famous horror books of all time. They're also quite a lot fucking different. Yes. And Stephen King, of course, has way different in tone, way different in like the 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 focus of the themes oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, Stephen King has historically hated Kubrick's movie and said that he missed the point of a lot of it and stuff. Right. Which you know, Kubrick took his own angle on it and made yeah. it what it was, which is my favorite thing ever. I also still love the book. And also, I just wonder if Stephen King has seen the movie post-cocaine period. Right. Because, like, in his cocaine period, I can imagine him sitting there like... I did it better. I did it better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like, this is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go write something about uh, a car that kills people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I do wonder that, too. It's like, have you seen that with a clear head, Yeah. Because it's really fucking good, you Mm -hmm. know? So this is really an impossible task because whenever Flanagan uh, signed on to direct this thing, he was kind of bridging the gap a little bit between the mm-hmm. book and the movie yeah he's trying to do both he's trying to give us the book stephen king wrote while bridging it with the movie stanley kubrick made yeah and some critics had problems with that mostly this got like good critical reviews and stuff but th- that that was one of the things i saw that critics had a problem with is that seems like flanagan was trying maybe too hard to to integrate to the shining i disagree with that i think that was an absolute necessity because people like you and i were going in there who love the shining and it's like 
There's no way you can follow up The Shining, so you can't just give us The Shining 2 Electric Boogaloo. Right. Like, you got to give us something different, but also you can't just ignore The Shining. No, you can't act like it's not there. I right. mean, people are going to be there being like, oh, this is the movie about the kid from The Shining. Right. They're going to have that in the memory. They're going to have that in their heads and stuff. Yeah. And how the fuck do you live up to that? How do you do it? Like, I'll say this. Like, whether you like this movie or not, you have to fucking admire the fortitude of Flanagan. Yeah. To do yeah. this. And I'm not even like a big Flanagan fan. I'm not okay. a Flanagan fan again. A Flanagan. A Flanagan, uh-huh. they're called. Uh-huh. I'm not even like a huge supporter of the guy. Like, I've not loved everything he's done. I've not seen everything he's done either. You were mentioning like uh, a couple yeah. of flicks I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, I would say like I've, I've seen most of his stuff. I think Absentia is solid for like an early movie he made that like didn't have a huge budget. I didn't like Oculus, but I did like Ouija Origins of Evil. I'm saying that was good, yeah. Um, you know, and and then you made Haunting of Hill House, which was I think I think enjoyable. I didn't love it. Um, I didn't like Haunting of Blind Manor, the the follow up. I heard that was not very good. Yeah. Yeah, and also uh, Gerald's Game, I think, is one of those. I get why people like it. I didn't particularly like it. We'll talk about it sometime in the future, though. Word, yeah. But, yeah, I get the, like, he's kind of hit or miss, but actually, anytime he makes something, I'm like, well, I want to see it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's going to be worth watching at least, yeah. man. So, I'm not even, like, a huge, you know, nut over this guy or anything like that, yeah. but it's just like, dude, just having the guts to swing at that ball flying mm-hmm. at you, it's like, hey, do you want to make a follow-up to probably the most famous horror movie mm-hmm. that has ever been, like, you know, copied and referenced and imitated right. and countless other imitations and shit, like... Do you want to do that? Fuck no, I don't want to do that. No, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes at all. Uh, and especially, I mean, this this movie made $72 million at the box office, which, considering the budget, means it didn't really make anything. That sucks, man. But he's bringing out a movie um, after this rise. Like, this, we had a rise in, like, 2017, 2018 of... King adaptations. It was everywhere. It like, was everywhere. The market was so saturated, which is funny. It's yeah. like, that's not even the first time that's happened. No. Yeah. That's, yes. That's very common with Stephen King adaptations. It's like cicadas. It's like yeah. every 17, 17 One will do years. good. Then the <laughs> next one does pretty good. And yeah. then it's like, well, we'll make 70. Yeah. Yeah. And then people get tired of it. And then 10 years later, they yeah. do it again. Yep. Uh, and so this, this came like into that and... You know, it chapter one had done so good. Still love it. Still love it. And then in this year, the Doctor Sleep year, we got um, it chapter two and the Pet Cemetery remake. And I think both of those are bad. Yeah, it they chapter made, two man is not very good. No, but it's a, you know as we said, the source material is kind of unfilmable. Yeah, that yeah that I I feel like uh, you can't blame Andy Machete for that. Like no, it's just the source material is not great. And if you change it a lot, half. people are gonna be pissed. Exactly. Um, Pet Cemetery just sucked. Pet though. Cemetery just was just like, bad. why does this exist? Yeah. It doesn't really improve anything. Anyway. No. Those two had come out before this, and also Castle Rock was out there, which is good, but I feel like people had been disappointed with It Chapter 2 and Pet Cemetery, and by the time this came out, the, people were just done. Yeah, totally. And then you hear, the, like, when this came out, it was two and a half hours, so it's like, I'm not going to go sit. And it was, like, after Halloween and yeah, shit, Yeah, it came out November 8th, so it's like, 
it's kind of past spooky season. Like you're just yeah. you're you're setting it up for failure. That's the thing, man. And I feel bad for it because of that. Because like this is such a better movie yeah. than any of those ones. That you exactly. Just yeah. It's infinitely better, man. Infinitely better, and does what Castle Rock does. Of like, well, this is telling a story in the King universe. It is not a direct sequel to The Shining. And that is the way to watch this movie. Yep. Like, I maintain, dude, if you watch this movie as The Shining 2, of course you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, because it's not that. Because it's not that. No. It feels different. The tone is different. The locales are very mm-hmm. fucking different. The themes in the story are very different. Stuff. Yeah, it's just tying in some of the things. But it's like the King verse in general. It's, it's all connected. Everything's connected anyway. Yeah, yeah so it's like... Yeah, we do end up back at the Overlook, but everything leading up to it is its own original thing that just has a character from The Shining. In it. Totally, man. Yeah. It's absolutely better to watch this as a King vs. Castle Rock yeah. type movie mm-hmm. than it is to think of it as The Shining 2. I think that you'll just enjoy it a lot more and appreciate it for what it is if you look at it that way. And if you watch the director's cut... Yeah, that's what we're really reviewing today. Is yeah, because we cut. both watched the director's cut and didn't rewatch the original, even no. though the original is fine. And I don't think, I don't think the director's cut adds a ton. Yeah, but it it evens it out into a six episode miniseries. They added chapters and yes, this. yeah, yeah, to where it's like chapters one through six. And if you watched it like a miniseries, you'd be like, "Holy fucking shit, this is solid they as hell!" It. Yeah. Because all six chapters have their own three-act structure. They, they do, all, man. like, come to a resolution and then start on a new story. It's And and it's all telling one single story that also has its own three-act. So it works really good that way. It does, man. That's something I was really noticing last night while I was watching this. And, again, I haven't seen this in theaters and stuff, so there's a right. lot of things in here I'd forgotten about. Sure. I didn't remember things like what the pacing and the feel of the movie were like. Right. But as I was watching it, it was going through the chapters and stuff, I was feeling like, this movie really has a kind of up and down and up and down and yeah. up and down kind of rhythm to it. But you kind of need that when it's this long of a movie. Yeah. Like the director's cut is three hours long. It is. And Which you, sounds it sounds so like a long. Lot. Yeah. But it doesn't feel that long, honestly. No. Yeah. It really, really doesn't, man. And also too, it's like if you're thinking about the traditional, you know, start at a zero and work your way up to a ten by the end of the movie, yeah. for a three hour movie. How the fuck are you going to do that? Yeah, and yeah, so you compare it to other three-hour movies like, say, Lord of, Lord of the Rings, and it's like, well, yeah, Lord of the Rings is a series of events that each has their own sort of, like, climax, but then there's also the overall major climax. Of, yep. So, like, and, and again... the peaks and valleys. Yeah, the peaks and valleys, like, pull you along in the story, whereas if they were really going for a three-hour, like just building 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 type of story like you it would be it would be hard to continue to be invested you need your valleys throughout that time you need those moments of rest where you can get like a perspective on the characters or a perspective on the story which is what this does really well it does i think if this had been released as a netflix miniseries it, people would have been talking about it like crazy i think so too i mean it still works really well as a movie oh yeah and honestly like i don't feel like if you watch the theatrical cut that's like two and a half hours oh you're not missing much i don't yeah. think you're like watching a different movie no it's only like I, th- I think the 30 minutes really is just some extensions of scenes and some stuff that they couldn't get away with like 
I the 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 torture of the baseball boy is yeah. longer and it's harder to watch. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's very brutal, man. That's the thing about it too, is like I felt like and again, this might be just my uh flawed memory here, but while I was watching the director's cut last night, I was never like, I don't remember this scene. Yeah. I don't remember this character. Yeah, no, this nothing is new. new seemed to be coming in. It just Everything's a little bit longer. A little more fleshed out. A little more fleshed out. Kind of yeah. like what you'd get in a Stephen King book. Yes, exactly. Just a, a a little bit slower reveal of of like the 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 scary bad things, but like nothing major. If you just watch the theatrical cut, the only thing you're going to be missing is that full episodic feel because three hours gives you. 22 to 25 minutes between each chapter that makes it feel like you're a watching miniseries. a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. And if you watch it that way, that'd be totally fine. Oh, watch yeah. Watch two episodes, mm-hmm. two chapters tonight, yeah. watch two chapters and then, tomorrow. Yeah. Chapter six is a bit longer than all the others because it's the finale. The finale, and, man. Yeah. It really totally would have worked as a short series yeah, I think like so. that. I think so too, man. But yeah, overall, man, like I said, I don't think you're really missing all that much if you watch the the standard cut um, over the director's cut or anything like that. It's not like it brings in that much more stuff from the book. Mm-hmm. Now, I've not read the book. I haven't uh, My wife, Kate, has read the book. Yeah. And she really enjoyed it. Okay. She also loves The Shining book, also loves uh-huh. The Shining movie and stuff. And she really enjoyed the Doctor Sleep book. I wish I would have had more time because I wanted to like read the book before we did the movie on the oh, show. Oh, yeah. But I just haven't fucking had time to do that, <laughs> yeah. man. Um. But there are quite a lot of differences between the okay, book and the movie. Okay, let's hear about them. How about before we hear about them, how about we crack, we'll crack ourselves... Crack open another bird? Maybe another co-beer, because I think we got something lurking here on that middle shelf of that Frigidaire that comes to us from our friend, Don. Don. Thanks, Don. Thanks, Don. <laughs> you As know, always. Don messaged me last night and was like, Guys, I found another beer. Can I send it to you? Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Don stalked our fridge. We should take a picture fridge. of this fridge it's just kind to of let hilarious. people know how many beers are in there from it's Don. It's kind of ridiculous, man. This one comes to us uh, courtesy of Don from yep. Burial, who, Burial. of course, fucks hard. Burial yeah. fucks hard. They should fuck in Knoxville. I wish they would. Bring Come that on, beer Burial. to damn Knoxville, Burial. What do we got here? It's uh, The World Is Not My Home Barrel-Aged Golden Sour Ale with Balaton Cherries. Now, I remember them posting this on the Instagriddle, and I was like, I would like to get me a pull of that so again, right there. Thanks, Don. Thanks, Don. <laughs> we yeah. Actually, I think we got a couple of these, so put it in them little glasses Oh, there. little glasses. We, we got these guys. pretty little glasses clean here. glasses here. Uh, I'm looking forward to trying Ooh, this. Ooh, it's got that. a nice, like, red kind of cherry color uh-huh. to it i would almost expect this to be like a sour ale based on the color oh yeah honestly. it's a golden sour ale so oh okay yeah i wonder what we're gonna get out of Ooh, this oh it's nice and nice. effervescent too. it is too man a little bubbly awesome i'm excited to check bubbly. this thing out let's see what this is about right y'all jericho style oh dude it smells tart Ooh, yeah that'll hit you Mm, this smells really good. That kind of has a little bit of that like Funkatorium sort of vibe mm-hmm. to it, honestly. Mm, I hope this gets real good to us. Let's find yeah, out about that thing. Yeah, there's some funk in there, huh? Yeah, because it I'm smells excited. definitely sour, but it also smells kind of funky, yeah. too, man. It's a, uh, I think like 6 or so it's yeah, not it's too crazy. Low. What's that do to you? Does it pucker oh, you up? Kind of reminds me of Dark Swan a little bit, but more cherry than oh, grapey. Mm-hmm. I can totally see yeah. that. Yeah. It does have but, that yeah, like, more, sour, more sour to it. Dark Swan quality where it's like if you told me that was a Welch's uh yeah, yeah. cherry cider or something like that, I would yeah, believe I you. Yeah, I totally believe you. Yep. It does have that tartness on the back like a real, you know, tart cherry does mm-hmm. and stuff. 
damn, that is nice, man. Thanks, Don. Thanks again, Don. You gave us things that are nice. This is a deal. <laughs> Eventually, it's going to be Don. Yeah, it's just going to keep evolving. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Don. <laughs> awesome stuff. Yeah, that is really fucking nice, man. I'm glad we got a couple, two tree of these things. That is tasty. Okay, so anyway, differences from the book. Yeah, let's hear them. Now, again, Kate uh, has, has read the book and stuff like that. She told me a few things. She also sent me a really great article from, I think it was like Looper. That okay. was about the differences from the book and movie and stuff like uh-huh. that. And whenever we watched the director's cut, I was kind of anticipating that they'd maybe bring some more stuff in right. from the book, um, but not not really. Some of the stuff that's in the book, man, it's like they didn't really need to include. It's, well, it's yeah, a I mean, kind of yeah. typical thing. Like Lord of like, the Rings type of thing where it's yeah. like, yeah, that's a fun diversion, but for a movie, you don't need it. Yeah, and yeah. even kind of the Game of Thrones thing where it's just like we combined like two characters into one. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, it's close mm-hmm. enough. It's totally fine. But there's some other cool stuff that didn't really make it in that I think would have been kind of cool. Okay. I mean, for one, the Overlook Hotel has been, you know, fucking raised. And it's just basically a campground that the RV people, the True Knot, kind of hang out at. Oh, okay. On that evil land. So there is no fucking Overlook building in the book. I honestly, I actually kind of wish that was in there. Right. If, the, if cool. they knew about it and hung out there, like that, that's a good integration of the shining material without having to go into the golden room or whatever. Like, right. Yeah. But then it would have fucking confused people. Sure. That only watched the movie yeah. and they're like, what do you mean it got tore down? Yeah. It, yes. Yeah. Because in King's <laughs> good book, point. Right. the overlook explodes at the end of the book because the boiler right. gets overloaded and shit. So it would have alienated movie fans. Yeah, not book fans. Right. Yeah. And again, this is that impossible bridge. Yeah, you know? how do you please everybody? Yeah. yeah, how do you make it work? So all the stuff with the Overlook was was added in. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other kind of cool stuff in there that I was like, damn, that is kind of neat. Like, okay, so Abra's grandmother, who, like, raised her, mm-hmm. which it's only really hinted at that she has a grandmother whenever yeah, we're Momo. like, where, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. we're like, where did fucking uh, Jocelyn Donahue go? Oh, she went to see Grandma. Uh-huh. Like, that's kind of the only mention of her in the movie, but... Right. In the book, she's apparently quite important. Okay. And uh, she also has a bit of shine to her as well, and is also, like, dying of cancer. Yeah, th- that's just, like, referenced, but, yeah, yeah. it's not, like, a major storyline. And apparently in the book, which, again, this is this is kind of cool, considering that they do sort of play with the idea that um, the true knot and people can kind of hold steam in from dead people and then, like, breathe it out and shit. Okay. Uh Basically, Danny, from what I understand, again, having not read the book, mm-hmm. he, like, breathes in a bunch of the grandmother's, like, cancer-laden steam. Oh. And uses that to kill, like, everybody in the True Knot. Huh. Like, he, like, fucking okay. breathes it out on him and shit. And also, too, they're already fucking getting eaten up by damn measles. Because in the book... The baseball kid, uh-huh. they like eat his steam and bathe in his blood and shit like that. Uh huh. Wasn't vaccinated and has fucking measles. What? I know. That would have been okay. Could could you imagine this day and age if that had come out? Yeah. November of 2019. Uh, like, cause this once it hit streaming, did get more attention. It did. It would have been one of those things where people were like, "Did Mike Flanagan cause this?" Oh shit. <laughs> He was preaching that pro-vax yeah. fucking idea. 
Uh, so yeah, in the book, like they get, all get fucking measles from this kid. That's insane. Okay, and they're like dying, and that's also why they want Abra so bad is because Rose is like she's so powerful. I bet her steam can like cleanse us and yeah. heal us and shit. Okay. In the movie, it's just more like she's super powerful and we're running low, so we need to kill this kid. But in the book, it's to like save their fucking lives. Okay. So it's like there's things like that that are like that could have been cool to sort of tie into this. It could have been, but I think it complicates things because they kill that baseball boy so early, and if then the villain was weakened, weakened the right. entire yeah, because threat is a little lower. Yeah, right? it does lower the threat. Yeah. I get that, man. One of the weirdest things that they did leave out though is the fact that Abra and Danny are like actually related. Oh, okay. Which they kind of hint at yeah they do a little bit like yeah call me uncle danny right and it's like well actually kind of is your, your right. uncle because essentially while jack torrance was a teacher he had an affair with one of his students uh okay i think and we talked about this a little at some bit point. right yeah. yeah and basically abra is the grandkid of his child okay so like he, she and Danny are actually related. So it's not just their shining that's tying them together, but it's actually a blood relation as well. You know, I don't mind that being cut either because that seems so kind of Hollywood, huh? Yeah, it seems so like you're just trying to make everything connected, and it's like, what? Right. Why well, can't? Because Star Wars logic, right. everyone must be related. Everyone right? must be related. Yeah, it, it, then it's like. Oh, but also he's related to everyone in the true knot. And, <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where does it end after that? Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's some things that they left out that I think are cool and things that they had to mm -hmm. leave in to make it um, have continuity with the Kubrick movie and stuff. Yeah. And again, having not read the book, but just from my perspective, they did a pretty damn good job I, of choosing I, what should stay and what should go. Yeah, I do think this uh, this works great as a movie would have worked great as a miniseries as well with honestly. With the director's cut, you could just cut it into those six chapters and say, here's the six episodes. But yeah. even if you wanted to, you could include those extra stories, make it eight episodes, and nobody would complain if it's a miniseries. Totally. Uh, but yeah, I think the the final product that we get is very solid and, and good. And honestly, like, I can't remember the last movie that disturbed me enough to turn it off and do something else. Word, yeah. yeah. Did you have to take a little break, Ski? Yeah, while they were torturing the baseball boy, I was it's like, rough. I don't remember this being this brutal. It's bad. It's so fucking brutal. You kind of keep expecting it to cut away. And it does not. And it it just, just gets doesn't. more brutal. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really exactly, which I don't know which is worse, honestly, now that I think about it. Like, they don't show, like, a fucking knife going into a kid. No, they but they show, show blood kid. spurting and exactly. shit. Yeah. And it's like, well, we can't show the knife going into his little baseball uniform, but we're going to show him screaming bloody murder crying for his yeah. life and blood his own blood spraying yeah. up on his face while this huge group of adults takes like borderline sexual pleasure yeah. in it fuck it's rough and later we're gonna show his bloated rotting corpse yeah being yeah. dug up yeah. holy shit man it's, so I, yeah, it's I, rough I, I, that's when I watched Batman versus the Ninja yeah. Turtles. Yeah. I turned it off and I was like, what is the silliest shit I can watch right now? Batman Ninja Turtles. There you go. Probably a good idea, honestly. Yeah. It also made me sadder this time around because now I know that kid as like the main kid from fucking Good Boys. Yeah. Uh -huh. Which I love so he's much. He's in like, so much stuff, too. Yeah, because he's a great actor. He's a, That's why the scene works great. so well, because you he's believe him. It, dude. It's Holy scary. Shit. Yeah. The way that he's like, you're, are you going to... What's he say? 
are you gonna hurt me yeah and, and then they say oh, yeah, yeah and he's like, like no and it's like Dude. oh no i yeah, want to save that little boy that which is like exactly perfect too because like if they had been weakened at that moment by measles or whatever it, it, I feel like it would have degraded it some bit. Because, That's where they get the measles from him. Yeah, if that if that had like weakened them, then it would have kind of degraded it after that. Where like. I, I like that they do that, and that's just a Tuesday for them. Yeah, and they kind of did it because they want it. Yep, and that's it. It and also they just makes move that, on. that intro scene where they lure that little girl into their fold. There, yeah, like, that makes that worse. more brutal because you all you get from that is like. Oh, like they're they're bad. They obviously like like are stealing this kid's soul or whatever. And it's like, but no, no, this is what they're doing. They're torturing children to death. Yeah, and ecstatically like breathing in their their pain. It's like, yeah, Jesus. That's, it's kind of it, like honestly. Yes, you uh-huh. know where he's like, if the. the What's he say? Like, if you're scared, it makes the fucking yeah. meat sweeter, basically. Right, yeah. The fear purifies the steam, they say in this. So, yeah, it's like the, it, it, it's part of that King verse. Is somehow in this universe, fear has this, like, connection to something that can be consumed by these obviously evil creatures. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And I love, too, though, that, you know, whenever, he, I guess, King was writing this book, he was like, I need to bring something new into this. Like, it doesn't need to be the villain is the fucking hag. Or right. the villain is the great party, isn't it, guy. Or the villain right, right, is right. the dog man. Like, something from The Shining. He was like, you know what? Let's put Danny out into the world where there's other threats that aren't yeah. just things in the Overlook. And whenever the book came out, I remember reading, like, yeah, it's Danny Torrance, and there's these psychic vampires. And I was like, what the fuck are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> and just being really, like, thrown off and kind of intrigued by that because I was like, that's nothing that was in The Shining. Right. There just, was no reference to, like, people that feed upon The Shine back then. Yeah. It was just like, some people have it, some people don't, and that's just kind of it. It seemed like it was its own little world that was, like, Scatman and Danny and right. a little bit of Mom and Dad. But then you find out that, like, oh, actually, there's, a whole lot of people out there that shine. Yeah. It's like a common and sort of thing. there's people that prey on it, too. There's people that prey on it. Most people don't know they have it. Yeah. Like, it builds the world out in a really cool yeah. way to me, man. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it... I think that uh, I, this movie actually made me interested in reading the book. Because I, I did the read The Shining back in the day. Yeah. And, uh, I should reread it. It's been so long. But like, it did make me interested in reading the book because of all the connections to the King verse. Like... Like, instead of worrying so much about the Overlook, really fleshing it out, really making Danny this this character you can relate to in the world. Yeah. Not that you can necessarily fully relate to, like, you know, people who've dealt with addiction probably can fully relate to him in those moments where, like, you know, early on, he's basically, you know, set up as, like, real fucked up. Yeah. Like... Not just the addiction, but like he his his ability to um like shut off his shine <laughs> through alcohol yeah. has also made him a far worse person. Totally. Like he just he, he fully like sort of shuts off his empathy as well and it it does a good job of setting up a character that needs to be redeemed. Yeah, definitely, man. And I also think, too, that that's really interesting that this movie kind of 180s a lot of the stuff that was in The Shining. Mm-hmm. 
Um, whereas, you know, The Shining was very much about addiction and right. confinement and entrapment and that claustrophobic kind of feeling. This movie is in wide open spaces for the most part. Yeah. It's all over outside the map. Outside a lot. It's outside like, a lot. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like it's not doing the claustrophobic thing right. that The Shining did. It's also not really about addiction. It's about recovery. Right. It's about recovery from addiction. It's about recovery from childhood trauma. Right. And carrying, literally, carrying those ghosts with you into your adult yes. life. And then also, too, how you can turn that into a positive, empowering thing. How you can use that to advantage somehow as yeah. an adult. Yeah. We, which, again, like also parallels King, I'm sure, in a lot of ways with sure, his yeah, uh, long-time struggles with addiction and stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about his cocaine period, like... He was young. He yeah. was young, and that was common as fuck in that time. Totally. He's not some outlier in the late 70s through the 80s. You do co-what? Yeah, like, that was everybody in Hollywood. That was, like, so fucking common, and he was young. So, like, he, he's now older man looking back on his experience, uh, you know, recovered for, what, uh 30 something years something like now. That, yeah. yeah, like he he he's able to reflect on that in the same way he was able to reflect as a young man on his his father's addiction and probably his own struggles at the time. Sure. Like, yeah, it's 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 a good like I don't know. I I think even though this is a more cuz like I've never had to turn the shining off. Yeah. This is a more brutal movie in some ways. You know what? When you put it that way, you're like, The Shining has a death count of one. Yep. And this has a lot more than that. And yeah. they're in your face and pretty fucking gruesome. Yeah. But it also has a more, like, uh, it has a more positive outlook, too. Right. Like, it, the ending isn't, like, family devastation. <laughs> the totally. ending Holy is, shit. like, you know, despite the fact that Dan dies, like... Abra is now like in a much better position. Everything is probably going to be better for her in the future. She has an understanding of these villains that are out there in the world that are going to be coming for her for sure. Like, and even ultimately, though, Danny with you know, even though he was way underpowered compared to her, yeah, helped her to understand that there are these threats and stuff out there, and she can use her powers and stuff like yeah. that. So it, it is more optimistic. Yeah, it's a more optimistic, more positive end, even though getting the road there is more brutal. Yeah, definitely, yeah. man. And that kind of like, you know, putting the mirror up to, you know, King's own addiction stories and stuff like that, um, I think makes that scene where we have Danny and Jack Torrance, now Lloyd Grady, at the bar, I think really have an impact to it. Because yeah. basically Danny is talking to... The person he would have become if he would have repeated the the sins of the father, you know. And I think there's a lot of that hereditary sins of the father kind of stuff in this movie, where yeah. it's like he has this predilection towards alcoholism and stuff, the same way as his dad did, and he makes a choice to change that and not become like his father. Yeah, and and like that that speech that he gives about like Mal, uh, the Grady slash uh, uh, Jack gives about mouths and like the constant need and how you the alcohol is the medicine yeah yeah to these things and like listening to it i was like yeah i kind of hate this guy like right. it does such a good job of setting up like oh yeah like no matter how you look at it jack torrance was always the villain True. like he was a he's bad he was a bad husband he was a bad dad 
he was just bad in general at his life. Like yeah. he didn't have a positive outlook and he used out al- he used alcohol to suppress his rage at everyone else and he couldn't deal with his own fucking issues. Right, man. Yeah. And that scene, I will say, ultimately isn't all that important in terms of like what it actually adds to the story. Sure, absolutely could be cut if you're trying to turn this into a two-hour movie. Right, because mm-hmm. it's not like later the fucking force ghost of Jack Torrance saves the day no. and is like, sorry, I was a dick. Yeah, Let me handle this. Bye. <laughs> no need for him to be introduced in the last 40 minutes of the movie. But also, it's a great scene. It's kind of cool, yeah. you know? And and again, it does definitely toe in that like fan service. Like, yeah. what, are you going to have a shiny movie without Jack Torrance in it? Yeah. But also, the thing about that is, is it's not the yeah. Jack Torrance that we've seen. Exactly, yeah. It's a recast actor. Who's the guy that's playing him? I can't remember. Oh, uh, fuck. Henry Thomas. He played the, the dad in uh, Haunting of Hill House. Right. Yeah. So I remember whenever we saw this in theaters and it got to that part, um, I didn't realize I was supposed to be looking at, at Jack. For yes, some because in my he, head it didn't click. He doesn't. They didn't try to make him look exactly like Jack Nicholson. Not really. And they didn't try to get somebody who, like, they considered getting somebody who could do a great Jack Nicholson impression or okay. something. Yeah. And they even, like, considered maybe de-aging Jack Nicholson. But I think the final decision just, no, we're going to recast. We're recasting everybody, you know, and they'll do the thing they do. If, if it isn't exactly like Jack Torrance, that's fine. People will get it. People will catch on. I love that this movie sets that precedent literally from the get-go. Yep. It starts with damn Danny on his, uh, you know, three-wheeler bike uh-huh. in a very the overlook. Yeah, that very familiar, him riding his, his tricycle through Outside the halls. Yeah. Very fucking iconic. And it's just... And he turns, so- and you're like, oh, that's that's not... Yeah. What, what's his name? Something Lloyd... Danny Lloyd? No, yeah, yeah like, the guy who played not, Danny. Yes, that's not yeah. him from The Shining. It's like, uh-huh. oh, it's a different kid. They did throw that guy in, though. Yeah, Danny I know, right? He is in, in the, the baseball the so scene, cool. yeah. So, like, I love that this movie established right away that it's just like, we're going to use some different people, y'all. Yeah, and they, they kind of do it, too, with the shot, because the shot is a little bit darker. Yeah. Like, it's a little more saturated. It's just a little different than the original, though it's very much going for, like, this is a recreation of the original, but also slightly different. That kind of sets the tone immediately where you're like, this isn't Kubrick. It's not going to be Kubrick. Nope. It's not trying to be Kubrick. It doesn't try to bury the lead. Yeah. I mean, that's in the first damn, what, five or ten minutes of the movie. Right. And just lets you know. It's like, yeah, we're going to pick up where we left off. Things are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Just fucking go with it. And then you also get Alex Esso as uh, Shelley Duvall's character. Holy shit, dude. And she's so fucking good. I can't believe it. Like. Yeah. At first, like, if you just look at a still of her, you'll be like, she doesn't really look like Shelley Duvall, and she doesn't. Right. But, dude, her physicality and her intonation of her voice, whenever she's, like, looking for Danny, and she does that, like, Danny! Yeah, she fucking nails it. It sounds exactly like Shelley Duvall. I want to know how much fucking research she did and how many times she watched that shit. Apparently, dude that did the, uh, the, the Jack Torrance scenes, like, Watch The Shining like a hundred fucking times. Just yeah, to try to get his I believe it. And shit like that. I think he did a great job too of like being, because he was simultaneously being Jack Torrance while also being the bartender. Yeah, yeah. Like Jack Torrance as if he had been overtaken by the hotel. Yeah. That's the cool thing too is it kind of ties up the loose end of just like, 
oh yeah, the hotel did consume him. Mm-hmm. And now he's being used. He's part of it. He's always yeah. been the caretaker. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. I love how it ties into that shit. Uh-huh. That's really cool. But yeah, dude, what's her name playing Shelley Duvall's part is is eerie. Like, yeah. holy moly. Like, if you played me audio of her, I'd be like, yeah, that's, that's Shelley Duvall. Yeah, she does so good. Uh, Absolutely nails it, man. Um, also, uh, playing the Carl Lumley plays uh, Dick Haller in the Scatman Crothers. Yeah. That guy kills it. Yes, he does. He does such a great job of being, um, one, being Dick Halloran, but not trying to be Scatman Crothers. Because he's not going to sound... Yeah, that's exactly it. He's not going to sound exactly like Scatman Crothers, but he gets some of like, the mannerisms. The way that he talks to yep. Danny is is the way Scatman Crothers did it. So it's... It, it does just such a great job with the 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 recast characters of like bridging what we liked about the original without trying to do something uh, you know outrageous like de-aging them or projecting faces onto them or whatever to yep. make them look exactly like like dude the movie that just wouldn't have suffered worked. like yeah, it if would've. you would have been like going out of your way to make. Um, yeah, these exact representations of Shelley Duvall mm. and Scatman Crothers and Jack Nicholson yep. by using CGI, de-aging, what the fuck ever. Yeah. It would have made the movie worse. Like, yep. Honestly, I think the recasting made the movie better, and it I did. have zero complaints about that. I think it also just shows that, like, yeah, all that fucking effort that people go through to make that kind of shit happen, it's like, well, it doesn't really make the movie better. Yeah, you, I mean, you're not... <sighs> You're not fooling the audience. No, you're not fooling the audience. So if you're not fooling the audience, why not just like accept their intelligence and be like, we all get this as a movie. Yeah. Because if you put Shelley Duvall on screen right now, you'd be like, she's way too old to be here. Right. So then you de-age her and it's like, well, that looks like de-aging. Now they faked it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're just setting yourself up to fail when you do that. So yeah, you're right. Disrespect the intelligence of the audience to know like, oh, that's the Scatman character. Yeah, I get it. It's Dick Halloran. Uh Got it. Yeah. Only this movie is being made fucking 40 years after the original, so Scatman's dead, so he couldn't be yeah. here. It's I mean, fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could have gone out of your way to do the Forrest Gump technology thing and, yeah. like, recreate Scatman, but why? But Just I will why? say there are a few times in this movie where it does go out of its way to kind of recreate things and be uh-huh. like, hey, remember when there was that fight on the stairs? For sure. This time it's the man that mm-hmm. that's being threatened and the, the woman... Rose this time is threatening him yes, going up the yeah. stairs, and it's really similar. You remember that? Remember? And yeah. then, as if that's not enough, then you actually show the recreations of that flashback scene and stuff yeah. like five minutes later. It's like, oh, man, like, you really didn't have to go that far into recreating shit from the original. No. And, um, that's a mistake to me. Yeah, there are, there are, you know, and having the doctor's office be... The ex- exact recreation of the office of Almond's office, which makes the no interview. sense. That was weird to me. Like that honestly kind of took me out. You're not saying it's the same place. Yeah, it is a different place. Whenever I see that office, I'm like, wait, is he at the Overlook? Yeah, it's exactly the little the same American setup. flag. That yeah. peach colored wall, like those yeah. peach colored walls, don't exist in fucking 2019. No, no. So yeah, you're going out of your way to recreate that, and it's like, okay, what? As a Shining fan, I'm like, yeah, that's the Shining office. And it's like, but it can't be. So wait, why is it? So why did you put this yeah. in here? Other yeah. than just to make us go, oh, the Shining. Right. <laughs> like, that was kind of a mistake to me. That, that was a bit of a yeah misstep there, and I, I think so. But, I mean, let's look at the things that it does that are 
unrelated okay. to the original Shining. We got Danny uh, in, in his alcohol uh, period getting into a bar fight, perhaps maybe killing a guy. Maybe. Going home with a woman, and then apparently she ODs, and he leaves her to die along with a baby. Woof. So that really sets up a character that needs redemption. Yeah. Because he's deplorable. (laughs) Yeah. But it's also really brutal, too, because it just shows you that, like, okay, yeah, he escaped from the Overlook with his mom. Yay, happy ending. But he didn't escape. He's still fucked up, though. he's fucked up. He's definitely still real fucked up from everything that happened, and he's carrying those demons with him. I mean, whether that be in the form of literally the ghosts from his Mm -hmm. his past— or the ghost from, you know, the alcoholism and stuff right. that he inherited from his father. Um, it does set that up in a very fucking sad way. Like, the yep. life of Danny Torrance is fucking sad. It is. And, I mean, honestly, uh, looking at that scene, so, like, you know, he he's going to take the money from her wallet because she took the money from his wallet, and he's having this memory of Dick that is telling him like you know don't don't do that you know just leave her the money she's got a baby etc and it's like obviously you know we find out later dick is not he's not a ghost he's a memory Mm. so like you know uh whenever actually we find that out there when he tries to capture him in a box he says like you can't it's not gonna work i'm a memory he works as kind of like his conscience in Mm -hmm. that moment yeah and we're seeing Danny in a situation where he couldn't possibly know the result is going to be that this woman dies of an OD. Mm-hmm. But also, it, it, what it's basically showing is he's not a good person. He couldn't know the result of that, but a good person wouldn't leave her there in her own vomit. A good person With wouldn't... With a toddler walking yes, around. Yes, a good person wouldn't do that. So he's not a good person. Whether or not he's to blame for their deaths... We don't, I mean, it, that'd be hard to say. Yeah. That kind of pans out different in the book, too, apparently. Okay. It's apparently like her, I'm trying to remember if it's like her boyfriend or her, like, pimp or something. I can't remember what okay. it said in the article. But, like, yeah, basically comes home and is, like, super pissed and, like, has a history of beating her up and shit like that. And I think, like, he kills her or something. Oh, okay. But in the movie, it's just kind of left, like, she probably choked on her own vomit, and the kid probably just starved to death, and then they come back as ghosts. Yeah. That's fucking fucked, dude. It is. It's very fucked. And then we, you know, that's that's his moment. That's his rock bottom of, like, honestly, he would have never, without The Shining, in the movie, without The Shining, he would have never known the result of him leaving that apartment. Right. But because he has The Shining, that comes to him. He sees that, and that's his, like, rock bottom moment he's the results of his actions yeah and he's yeah. finally just like i'm giving this up eight years later now we see him he's he's this new man this yeah. better man which again you know shining or not that's the result of a lot of people that struggle with addiction changing their patterns in life exactly. seeing the results of what they fucking exactly did. yes knowing Oof. the result or at least having that comprehension that not only are you hurting yourself but you're hurting a lot of people around yeah. you through your actions he's kind of yeah that's that's part of the hitting rock bottom and and deciding to change and of course it skips forward eight years we're we're not this isn't a movie about actually 
like seeing him become this new man. This is a movie about now he is this new man and he is now in the Scatman Carruthers uh, position, the Dick Halloran position mm. of he has now come to notice this child with the shining who needs his help. You know what? That That's interesting. When you put it that way, that he kind of takes on the, the Scatman Carruthers mantle, the Dick Halloran mantle is because Jack, his dad, was overcome by his addiction and became the bartender, became right. consumed by the hotel. Exactly. Lloyd Grady, he's, he's fucking working for it forever. Right. Meanwhile, Danny, who broke the cycle, chooses to become the helper person to help right. him understand his situation, Dick Halloran. And Dick Halloran, had a, he was not at the hotel. He came back to the hotel to save this child. And so the natural sort of progressive ending is, Danny going back to the hotel to save this child. Wow. Yeah. Now, That's that obviously cool. didn't happen in the book, as you said, because the, 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 the book Danny doesn't die. Uh, and the, the hotel's no longer there. So right. the, the movie is, is, I think, doing a good job of interpreting there. <laughs> like, how can we make him now in this position? Like, how is he now going to step aside and Abra be the, the lead? Which uh, I know... Mike Flanagan wanted to do like a follow up with Abra as the star. So oh, really? That that would have been interesting. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen because I'm it's open just for that. But I would, lo- yeah, I'd love to totally see that. For that. I, especially if they got that actress back. What's her name? Kylie Kylie Curran. She's, She's great. so good. She's fucking yeah. great, man. And as is really everybody else in this cast. Yeah, the whole cast. Nobody I mean, Flanagan, sucks. Flanagan never uh, fails at casting. His well, cast- except when he casts all these unattractive brunette <laughs> ladies. Who oh wants to see God. them? Who's putting them by- in front Yuck, of the camera? Rebecca Ferguson, get out of here. You don't look like a gorgeous human being. Not at all. Every time you put clothes on, it's not like, oh, that's why they made clothes for you. Yeah. What? Put <laughs> some pretty, pretty women on screen, Mike Flanagan. <laughs> It is just like every every single thing he does is just pretty brunette, pretty brunette, pretty brunette. I am not complaining. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's a pattern I've recognized. <laughs> yep. That is for fucking sure. The yeah. cast in this really is awesome. I think that Ewan McGregor does a really good job yeah, he's of awesome. being a yeah. a person who has a troubled, damaged past yeah. that is trying to move on and do well and break the cycle of his family history and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that he does a very fucking good job. Rebecca Ferguson... She's awesome. Holy cow, man. Yeah. I mean, she really does, you know, um, toe this line between being so fascinating and extremely sexy Mm -hmm. and then also repulsive and terrifying. Scary, yeah. And Mm -hmm. fucking scary, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's just like the thing that draws you in is the thing that's fucking terrifying. And that's set up uh, instantly in the beginning with showing her as this just gorgeous lady who's like super sweet with this child. Because she's gonna eat this child. Gonna eat <laughs> like, that kid. Yeah, like it is just like she she like is balancing on that line up to that moment, and then it's just like, oh, this is getting creepier and creepier, and then it's like, oh fuck, they're gonna kill this kid. Yeah, dude. Yeah, like she's awesome. She's great at pulling. Uh, I mean, you know that we basically only get from the knot. I mean, we uh, grandpa has like some lines. Uh, but it's mostly just Crow and Andy, Snakebite Andy, yeah. that we really get. And they all, like, the main 
cast there do such a great job. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. There's apparently, I think, a couple dozen of them in the book. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they pared it down, yeah. honestly, for Yeah, a three's enough. Yeah. yeah. A and, little, like, and a little bit from Grandpa. Like, yeah. Right. And there's a couple other that don't really have a lot of speaking lines or anything yeah. like that. But you see them in the background, and you're like, okay, this You person, recognize them, but yeah. you don't have to know everything about them, right? Pretty much, man. The only real weakness that I see um, with Rose's performance is her, her accent is very come and go. <laughs> well, she is Swedish, yeah. Yeah, so there Playing are some lines maybe where... Maybe Irish? Maybe... <laughs> it is, yeah, it's it's... There are a couple scenes specifically where her accents just slips up and it's like, oh, okay. It's uh. a little bit more like apparent at the very first with yeah. the little girl scene and stuff. Mm-hmm. You can explain it away and be like, well, she's hundreds of years old and has lived all over the world. And that, I think, is the explanation. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good explanation. Yeah, it's fine. It works fine for me. If if she's she's lived all over the world and like, what would her accent be? Yeah, after centuries. Kind of nothing. Yeah, you know. What do you think about old uh, Snakebite Andy? Snakebite Andy does a fucking great job. I did not yeah. realize that actress. It was like fifteen when they. Were, yeah, she's uh, really young. Yeah, because like she's good. Like she's, she's really real good. good man. I had assumed she was just older and looked young. In but. the book, she's actually like in her thirties. Oh, okay. And she and Rose like have like a romantic relationship and shit too. Yeah, they kind of like hinted that, but don't follow up on it at all and they should have i think that you know she says you're the most beautiful woman i've ever seen and stuff like they should have followed up on that that's that's interesting that would have added something more to it because like what we kind of get is just basically that they're like rose's family so when they they die you know she feels this pain from their death but like it makes more sense because like she feels like a particular pain when uh uh uh, crow daddy dies like because they were close like she should have felt a particular pain with andy as well like but yeah it, you know again like that it's a three-hour movie where would you even put it in i get i get cutting it totally yeah. well and then too is like you're having the discussion where you're like we got this sexy lady we need to make people scared of her and hate her maybe she kills a kid <laughs> okay maybe yeah. she kills a kid and she's a pedophile. She fucks a 15-year-old girl. Okay, that's a little... Yeah, that's too much. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Yeah. She's just yeah. pure evil at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah just, no. You know. Yeah, I get it. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> Gotta draw the line somewhere. <laughs> yeah, killing, you do. Killing the baseball kid. You know what? I think that's enough to... That is, that is absolutely enough. 100%. That is enough. They didn't have to do anything more. So I get it. Yeah. But yeah, she does... Snakebite Andy. She does a really, really good job in this. And I, I think that Crow is awesome, too. Mm. That guy's really good. There's not yeah, like yeah. a ton to his character or his past or anything like that. No, but he's but kind Zon, of the the tracker. I Zon guess. McLaren, and he's he's a he has a I don't know. I gravitas. I would say like he's in uh, Fargo. He's in Westworld. He's in everything he's in. He doesn't have to say much to be like Fargo season two. I think up until a certain point. I, I believe like episode five or six, we get more out of him, but there's hardly anything out of him. But like every time he's on screen, you're like, what is going on? Like yeah. this guy he's, he has some, a commanding presence. Yeah. To him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The whole true not stuff I think is really cool. They, they did apparently change the way that they look and stuff like mm-hmm. in the books. They're okay. more just like common, um, like retirees, like world's best grandma shirt wearing people. Oh, and in okay. this they have this more like kind of bohemian, yeah, gypsy uh, traveler yeah. kind of look to them. And they actually kind of connect that too. They say we, they, you know, they they talk about traveling Europe and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like they're trying to connect this sort of, um, 
yeah, kind of bohemian lifestyle. Bohemian lifestyle, yeah. Which I think is cool. And they also die real good. Yeah, they sure do. And that's actually really, it's satisfying, but not satisfying enough almost after yeah. <laughs> the baseball boy scene. It's like. Couldn't I, they it, die harder? Yeah, couldn't they? Like, could they be in more pain, please? Yeah. I love that whole, like, flashy effect that they have where, like, they breathe in and you see, like, their, like, like muscular system and shit mm-hmm. like that. Then they breathe out and it's back to normal. It's yeah, like yeah. kind of, I think they use the term, like, phasing or something like that. Yeah, or cycling. Cycling, what he says. there yeah. it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I think that's a really cool representation of what that would be like where you're seeing... Yeah how old and ancient they actually are like their body yeah, versus what's apart. being projected because of the steam yeah that's cool uh-huh. i think that's a, a pretty neat effect sometimes it's a little cgi well yeah they showed it too much with grandpa Fleck. Too much, yeah. yeah they just showed it too much and they focused on it too much but it's not terrible it's it's just the only moment in the cgi where i was like cgi like it's yeah. just pointing pointing it out almost like here we did cgi's right Look. <laughs> Otherwise, the effects are pretty fucking sick. Yeah, they are. You know, it's not like a damn like special effects fucking no. mega movie. It's not really supposed to be that. I mean, sh- that degloving bit where she oh, gets her hand. Jesus yeah, Christ, that's good. That man. looks great. Woof! As someone who has literally watched my my wife deglove her hand ah. in real life. Yipes! Um, I can tell you that that looks pretty accurate. Oh, okay. Yeah. He uh, years ago, my my wife spilled fucking ba- hot baking grease on her hand. Ah. And put a paper towel on it. Oh, no. Soak it up. And then just, oh. I watched it fucking happen. Oh, it was God. so fucking bad. That's one of, like, the most unpleasant things that I have ever experienced. And I wasn't even the one going through it. I can't imagine things from her end. Holy fucking shit. Well, you uh, you should check out Gerald's game and see if that degloving scene is also accurate. Oh, it's okay. also Mike Flanagan. Oh, and Stephen King. And Stephen King. Um... It, Take that skin off that hand, girl. I mean, I get it. I get going back to that well because, like, when I saw it in Gerald's game, I was that is like the best part. That's like the best, Whoa. like most horrific part where you're like, "What the fuck?" Um, and yeah, and seeing it in this, like, where it's even more like it's not just like a pull off; it's like a pull off, stutter kind of stop, pull off more, like, Ugh. Ugh. and the blood like pools and shit. Yeah. It, oh my god, that is brutal. Yeah. That that's. Probably the most prominent effect I can think of, other than like you know the dead effects on the the woman and her baby and and the you know corpse, mm-hmm, and, the hag and stuff. Yeah. Also love the effect whenever um you know Rose is meeting her end and the ghosts in a very like society kind yeah, of way, like sort of like put their fingers like uh-huh. in her skin and shit. Yeah. That's a cool looking effect. The shunting. Yeah, they kind of uh, she does kind of get her. shunted, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah. I think that looks really fucking cool. What if they? What if he had come back and they were all just like shunted together? Uh, I'd leave. <laughs> she fast. was just coming out of an asshole. Yeah, like you do. Uh-huh. <laughs> we got to do that movie sometime. Society. That movie so, is so fucking fuck, weird. Man. Yeah, such a fucking weird movie. Yeah, and I like too that you know ultimately how she meets her end is that Danny figures out a way to channel the ghost of his past. Yeah. In a way that can consume somebody, you know, to to take advantage of these horrible things he's been through Uh um, to find strength in his time of need. I think that that's very poetic and very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, man, I I really like this movie. Like, I do. I like this movie. It's not it's not a shining level movie to me. Absolutely not. But I don't think it was trying to be there. No, I I, I think Flanagan would say, well, of course, it's not as good. Yeah, of course. I'm fine with that. I I, th- I don't think every movie has to be The Shining, but 
when it's this brutal and this like well told i think like the story is well told yeah. like it, it is it is paced well the narrative works well like you're just not you're not missing anything important you still get like <laughs> you still get some of those sort of stephen king lines that it's like like whenever somebody adapts one of his books and throws in a line that is like basically fucking read the book like uh, there's something where uh says something about the caw which no, it's, is something it's, from dark tower yeah it's it's uh dick halloran says it. he says cause a wheel doc like uh i had to look that up because i was like what the fuck is caw and uh, it, yeah it's dark tower it's from dark tower it, it's like uh fate mm-hmm. fate is a wheel so like he 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 is fated to be this person because he had this person in his life it like, probably looked cooler on paper than it sounded yeah really yeah because when, yeah when it comes out it's like i don't know this book <laughs> like i don't know what ka is yeah you could just cut that line i think so yeah but that's just typical of so many fucking stephen king movies i mean that could be yeah. said of like basically any of them you know? it, it, yeah it's absolutely true and like it, it makes sense too because you read the book and you're like fuck i like that line yeah i really want that line to be in there because the line means a lot to you but it's not going to mean much to anybody who hasn't mm-hmm. read the books and ultimately too man i i think and this is again the the biggest weirdest kind of twist to me the biggest weak spot of this movie is when it takes me back to the overlook yeah like I that's think so. so weird considering that like you know that would seem like the thing you'd want the That's most. That's what I would want right. the most. You know, it, it is totally that thing where it's like when you finally get the thing that you think you wanted, it's actually not the thing that you wanted. Yeah. The thing that I wanted was this entire universe with Jack Torrance and, or sorry, Danny Torrance and all these other people in this world that shine and people that prey off of it in the yeah. normal everyday world and shit. Like the movie had gone so far to prove that it can entertain you. And keep you gripped without taking you to the overlook. Yeah. So the 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 final like big climax shouldn't be there. Yeah. Like even if you want to reintegrate that at some in some way, that shouldn't be your climax because you've set up a movie where your world is what we're interested in. Yeah. It's almost like if you went to like in a really fucking incredible, crazy like vegan restaurant and had this ten course meal where you weren't even thinking about meat. You're like, this right. is so good. I, I'm not even <laughs> thinking about the fact that this is vegan. Uh-huh. And then they're like, and for dessert, candied bacon. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, I thought you just proved I don't need the meat. Yeah, exactly. But you want it, right? I mean, obviously candied you want it. Awesome. Here it is. I mean, come on. <laughs> like the movie had done so well at proving to me that actually I don't need the member berries. Yeah. I don't need the nostalgia. I, I don't agree. need to go back to room two, three, two, three, seven and shit. Right. Like, and then it just kind of does it on top, mm-hmm. which, again, that's very different from the third act of the book and stuff. But goddamn, man, it's like I know that people would have been pissed if he didn't. I think you could even go back to the Overlook and just not do so many nostalgia moments. Yeah. You I think just don't need them. That we had whenever we did the Minnesota is like it almost started to feel like the Disney ride of The Shining. Right. Where, where it's, it's like, like ooh, 237, ooh, the hag, ooh, great party, ooh, the yeah. twins, ooh. It's just like, okay, you're just kind of giving me little bits and pieces of everything. That I, I remember seeing see. all this before, this. yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really scarier or anything no, like that. Does, yeah, because it's a different tone than everything you've been watching up to this point. Where It feels like a different yeah. world entirely, man. There are these humanoid creatures that live off of pain and suffering 
and it and it's like to relate that back to the overlook is good but to then make the overlook the focus there it's like well that's not we haven't been doing this up to this point we're not dealing with the overlook so like to bring back the ghosts or whatever as like his way of killing her fine but yeah, we don't it. need all, what all you were just saying the great party isn't and all that stuff we just don't need it also why is that guy not fucking british <laughs> why didn't they he's get a person American. who would do an impression of the original yeah he's like great party isn't it great party isn't it what that's not great party isn't it come on Try that. man also, where the fuck was the dog man? If they're going to bring back if all If you're going to the bring them freaks, all back, I want to know what's going on with that guy. Like, give what, me that dog man, dude. What if, like, what if they had, like, Abra was just running and she runs past this room where the dog man is now wiping his face or something? <laughs> it's like, oh, oh. <laughs> now we know exactly what happened yes. there. Because that could have been one of those, like, real subtle moments. Where, like, not everybody who's seen The Shining fully remembers the dog man, but everybody who loves The Shining's like, the dog man! The fucking dog so man, So if you dude. saw him, like, just wiping his face, you'd be like, oh, he must have finished that blowjob. Yeah. <laughs> That's the weird thing, though, is, like, they brought back a lot of the iconic ones, like the twins and right. the hag and stuff like that. Didn't bring back the dog man, but then also brought in some people from the book. Like, there's just some well-to-do, like, yeah. politicians. And people that you wouldn't have any connection to unless you've read the book. And yeah. it's like, well... <sighs> but again, it's like a little bit of book service. Yeah. I think that at one point, uh, Danny even names dro- name drops the Derwent family. He does, yeah. Which, again, is you would only know that from the book. Derwent right. is never mentioned in the Shining movie, ever. Yeah. Um, so it's like that's a little bit of book service, I suppose, but it's just weird to me they didn't bring the dog man back. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, we even got the elevator full of blood, which was that was a cool scene too because that was like the first thing she sees walking yeah, in. Yeah, it's like she's not scared either. Yeah, cutting back to her because like what we had seen before is the person seeing it frightened all the hell. Yeah, and now the person seeing it is like, huh? Okay, Sick. that's pretty cool. Like, this place yeah. is fucking yeah. rad, man. So you can tell she's like feeding on the energy. Yeah, shit. exactly. That's one complaint that I saw from people is just like, how come the Overlook has been abandoned for forever, and Danny walks in and he turns the lights on? Well, then it always used generator. Well, though that wouldn't explain it. But he doesn't fucking go in there and turn on a generator. He says, "I'm gonna go wake it up." Right. So it wakes itself up. Yeah. Like, and that's supernatural, wa- which and doesn't too, need an explanation. Whenever Rose walks in with greater shining power than uh-huh. Danny, the lights get brighter. Yeah. So the shine, the the overlook is feeding off of their shine, yeah. and that's how it's, it's powered. Not fucking electricity. Right. It's not that at all. So I think that's a really invalid kind of complaint. Yeah, stuff. no, I'd agree with that. Um, but but like I said, overall, like I didn't need to go back to the Overlook. I no. actually, I would have thought that's what I needed. Mm, exactly, and 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 you get why he did it because it would seem like almost like if he didn't go back to it, it's like he's ignoring the movie too much. Yeah, but I I feel like. I think it lived and breathed it on its own without yeah. it. Yeah, it's got its own merits. It doesn't need that. No, yeah. totally, man. It's like fucking uh, Wolfgang Van Halen's new record, that mammoth record. Mm-hmm. It's not full of Van Halen songs. There's not a Van Halen cover on it. He doesn't cover Van Halen live. It lives and breathes on its own. I don't it's its own need. Thing. I don't need it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's its own thing, and that's totally fine. Especially too, considering this movie had had so many fucking sick scenes like that, um, like the park, like shootout at the campground. Ooh, buddy, that's fucking awesome. It that was, was awesome. so tense. It's very tense. Yeah, and then like, I mean, 
uh, Andy goes out just fucking cold as ice, cold Shit. as I, she hates men, and I understand it. I uh, mean, yeah, you know, she, we don't even get the full story, but obviously, you she's see, been she's been through some shit, through some shit, mistreated by older men for sure, and she, yeah, she just kill yourself, kill and yourself. he does, but Fuck. Ugh, and so it's brutal, just like instant. He's just like, yep, gotta kill myself. Yeah, because he just doesn't. He has no defense against oh, it. Oh man. Yeah. That is brutal. Just brutal. Yeah, I I loved it. That that shootout's awesome. Really, really cool. And the cinematography and stuff in this, I think, oh, is really great. neat too, man. Yeah, Flanagan. Like, even if you don't like the resultant stories of his movies or whatever, you can't deny the man has a great he eye. Makes stuff look good. He can make, he can direct the shit out of stuff. So, yeah. And there's like a lot of things in here that. I think a lot of people would be like, oh, he's just copying from Kubrick, like with those wipes and those long, z- slow yeah, zooms and stuff. Right. But I think that just kind of like ties a little bit of thread yeah, between the two movies. Because it like doesn't connective look tissue. like Kubrick. No, it looks He's using like some it. of Kubrick's palette. Yeah. Like, that's it. Well, it's it, clear he's going, this is 40 years fucking later. Right. It's a whole different world. But also, some of these things need to be integrated in so it has that feel to it yeah but it never goes full kubrick no but like i said like those slow zooms and the the like yeah. fades in mm-hmm. between scenes and stuff like that it's like oh yeah that's kind of like what was in the shining yeah without being like now let's do steady cam following something. right it's not yeah. really that there's also some really subtle stuff in there that i did not notice that i'll catch next time that i'll watch it but i read in some trivia and shit on like imdb mm-hmm. so like there's one point in there where danny's car I think it's when he's driving into the campground or something. Uh-huh. The sound effect that they used is actually the sound of Danny's three-wheeler going through the hall of the Overlook from the first movie. That's cool. Like that iconic sound. That's that a cool rumble. connection. That's where cool. it's like it it works for this and it's an easter egg without like blaringly calling out nope. I'm an easter egg. Uh-uh. Yeah. Like there's a lot of um obvious respect for the source material both yeah. Kubrick's and King's. Yeah. That went into making this. Mm-hmm. Um, that extends into the soundtrack as well. I mm-hmm. think again yeah. w- with the soundtrack, like okay, I have good and bad about it. Honestly, all right, let's hear it. Where, you know, when you think about The Shining, you think about the soundtrack. You think about yeah. Mm-hmm. You think about the tone wheel theme. You think about Midnight and the Stars and You, right? Which they play, which they many times, mm-hmm. well, maybe too many, too many times. Yeah. And uh, you also think about all the crazy like uh huh like fucking crazy weird like almost tribal sounding stuff that they put in the soundtrack of that the tribal sounding stuff kind of got an update and there's sort of like there's parts of the soundtrack that kind of echo that without being the exact same thing Mm -hmm. and that's cool um the midnight and the stars in you gets played too many times it does that's just like remember the shining hey remember that remember Remember that And it's like, it's at the end of the first movie, and that's it. Which, again, if it were a TV show, that would just be a thread. That'd throughout. be a closing credit song or something. Right, you know? yeah. That that could work as sort of like a thread or whatever, but it wouldn't it wouldn't have stood out as much. But watching it three hours straight, it stands out a lot. Each time you hear it, you're like, right, we've just heard that recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's a little overdone. There's also some stuff in the sound design that I think gets a little overdone the heartbeat thing that's through the whole movie mm-hmm. um there's some of that in the shining yeah but the funny thing is is even if you watch that movie 10 times i could tell you that it wasn't there and you'd be like no that's not there it's very subtle the way that it's done in the original well, yeah that's i mean that's kubrick, kubrick everything's man. subtle yeah in this it's like i feel like 
every 15 minutes there was some kind of heartbeat sound going on and it got a little obvious to me mm. it's like it's in there okay. so much that i started paying attention to right it. you know it's not as subtle as i would like okay so those are kind of negatives in my book but i don't know maybe i'm just being picky because i, I well, love the soundtrack of the I mean, so much that's what we're doing being picky right now we're just casting <laughs> we're casting being picky and casting uh, man you have anything more to say i i don't know man like overall like i will just say that even though this is not, you know, a perfect movie by by any means, mm-hmm. I still really fucking enjoy this movie. Like yeah, it, me too. it it did the impossible to me where it's like mm-hmm. it actually was a follow-up to my favorite fucking thing humans have it's ever made, a, the a Shining. A follow-up to a 10 that doesn't disappoint. No. And that's hard. And weirdly enough, the times that it does disappoint are when it's giving me the thing that right. got a 10. <laughs> exactly. I just I I wish that and again, I don't know if it's Flanagan, I don't know if it's the studio, I don't know what the deal is, but somebody here was pressured to be like, but you gotta take them back to the Overlook. You gotta give them the bathtub. Yeah, I wonder. You I gotta wonder. give them room 237. I mean, there was an, there was an Akiva Goldsmith uh, 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 script before the Mike Flanagan script, and Flanagan was supposed oh, to... really? Yeah, he was supposed to be like a you know adjusting that script but we end up with his name being the only name on the screenplay so he must have done a lot of of changes and i wonder if there were certain things that they were like no you, we got to keep that right i'd like to know yeah. me too man um but overall man like it it really did kind of the impossible for me and turned out to be a movie that i enjoy i don't enjoy it as much as the shining i don't think no. it's even trying to be as as good as the shining no. or anything like that if you watch it as a stephen king movie you're gonna have more fun mm-hmm. um i definitely do enjoy this do you have any uh positive negative you want to toss around there no i i think we i think we've said it all i have uh i can't think of any negatives i haven't pointed out i mean positives just again this cast is great everybody's fucking giving it uh the guy who plays billy does such a great job great, like, yeah man. just everybody that guy's awesome everybody in it is awesome so like for me it's 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 up there as like i i think it is a high quality movie i don't know how often i'll go back to it even sure. in comparison to the shining which is one that i don't go back to all the time because it is it's heavy it's, it's a, a slog. lot it's huge yeah but it's also, I mean, I watch The Shining at least once a year. Oh, yeah. I totally. don't know that I'll ever watch Dr. Sleep once a year, but it's specifically because that baseball boy scene is so hard to watch. Brutal. Uh, but it also, that that is a, that's a point in its favor, too. This is a horror movie, and we watch a lot of horror movies, and it's rare that a movie makes me go, fuck. Fuck me, dude. Yeah, that's that is hard. hard. Yeah. So... For me, it's high, uh, but like not perfect. Probably like an eight, eight and a half. Um, I, I will, I will tell people to watch this. This sure. is a type of movie that it's gonna be like. You seen Doctor Sleep? But also, I'll understand if they're like not as impressed with it as I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go a little lower. I'm gonna say seven and a half for okay. me. Okay. Um, I love it long time. I love it long time. Yeah. I don't know that the extra half hour of the director's cut necessarily made it a better movie than right. the theatrical cut. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I'd say you're right. The only thing it changes is that that feels more like an episodic. Yeah. But only slightly. Pretty much, yeah. man. Uh, really enjoyable flick. 
Yeah. Way to go, Mike Flanagan. Way to go, yeah. He fucking did it. Yeah, he's got two shows coming out on Netflix soon. Both of them have the word Midnight in the title. Ooh. So we'll find out how that goes. All right, we'll find <laughs> out about it, man. And we'll find out about what movie we're doing next. Here in just yeah. a second, after I tell you guys to rate and review on Apple Podcasts, it's still the only place that reviewing a podcast fucking matters. Yeah, it's true. Just takes you a second. Cheap is free. Go in there, rate and review Dead and Lovely if you enjoy this show. Please. Also, you can support the show on Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there, become a patron on any level. You get access to the Patreon exclusive episodes. We just dropped one on the Great Pottery Throwdown. Woo. We got one on what we do in the shadows coming. That's right. Uh, also, if you become a $5 patron, you can uh, submit a movie to the Smoking Bowl. We randomly draw from that mo- bowl, and we review the movie that Doop-a-doop we draw. So... That's the one. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Follow us on all the social medias. We got a link yep. tree page. Just Google dead and lovely link tree. I'm sure yeah, you'll find it. Go to link tree forward slash dead and lovely. You'll figure out how that works. You'll find it. Hang out with us on the uh, Facebook, the Discord, the Instagram, all yeah. that kind of good stuff. And be sure to tune in next week where we're going to be talking about malignant. So tune in then and we'll catch up with you. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope everybody out there is doing real good. Me too. I've been Uncle Ben. I've been Hollywood Steve. We've been Dead and Lovely. Midnight and the stars and you. Love you. Bye. So there's this guitar player named Dave Rude. Okay. And Dave Rude is a really sick player. He plays for Tesla. Okay. And I met him at a festival years ago. Super, super nice guy. He's like a little bit older than me just by a couple of years. Mm -hmm. But we look like we could be like uncle and nephew or maybe big brother and little brother. Uh Uh-huh. And he even like has some fucking faces and eyebrows and shit like that when he plays like I do too. All right. And this guy, dude... I swear, every time he posts on Instagram of him like playing something, at least five people tag me. And they're like, is this you, Uncle Ben? Hey, Uncle Ben. Check this guy. <laughs> hey, he's familiar. Like The guy's got to think I'm putting people up to do this. Right. And uh, I always get a kick out of it. I laugh about it and stuff. And he's, a, again, a great player. But last night, I was showing Kate. I was like, check out this guy that everybody always tags me and saying I look just like him and that we play alike and stuff. She takes a look at him, and his features are kind of like mine. He's got long right. brown hair. He's got a goatee and stuff, but just like a little softer features, I okay. guess I would say. And she looks at him, and she goes, I don't know. He kind of looks like the Morristown version of you. <laughs> Although, technically, you're the Morristown version of you. It's true. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> you are the Morristown yeah, version I'm like, of you. Yeah, I'm like, I am the Morristown version yeah. of me. How disappointing. Oh. <laughs> Poor Dave Rude, though. He's definitely better than a Morristown version of me. Okay. I'll tell you that, yeah. All right. All right. He's more like a Kingsport version. Oh, dude. Ooh, the buddy. Port of Kings. Maybe even the, the Chattanooga version. Oh, of me. the Chattanooga version. Choo choo. He's Dave always Rude. talking about heading down to the waterfront, using the, 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 the communal Wi Fi they got down there. They do have that. Yeah, which is awesome. I yeah. wish we had some of that. Everywhere needs that. Mm-hmm. Dave Rude. Quite a guy. Dave Rude. Meanwhile, Wait. I'm just the Morristown version of me. That's you. <laughs> Now, is, is he in any way related to, of course, Rick Rude? Oh, my God. Now, when this I have to find when out. When he's playing guitar, does he ever look up Cut and just... the music. <laughs> <laughs> he 
he starts talking about how everybody out there is a fat ass. <laughs> I'm going to fuck your wife. What and the, the women, is? for some reason, are going, yeah. <laughs> Recruit had the weirdest My dynamic. My slob. <laughs> yes. That'd be great. Please. <laughs> what if, though, he hears this? Yeah. And then the next time I go on to Instagram and check out his newest post, he's there playing guitar and he's swinging them hips around and stuff. And he's uh-huh. got my wife's face on his tights. <laughs> then I'll really know. I it's would like, love that. You are related to that Rick That would Rude. be I so awesome. <laughs> Dave Root, if you're listening, do it, do please. It. <laughs>